With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. I got one thing to say to you. If you got a rush of endorphins and you were very happy about your platinum medal, I got some bad news for you. You are done. Stick a fork in you. You're stuck with this game. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. December and a new season is upon us. Where did the time go? What do a chicken, gecko, and oxalotl have in common? A mega raid event, of course. Pack up the van because Hoenn is going on tour. Viva Las Vegas and every Pokemon in between. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast episode 216. It's November 29th, a Tuesday evening, earlier in the evening than we're usually used to. And uh, and wow, but you know what? It's still really dark outside because we managed to time it pretty well with daylight savings time here in the U.S. So did it really make a difference? Time will tell. Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Yo, what up, Kyle? How you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, I think Just that's right. a fair assessment. We we're, we're good. We're good in the neutral space in the gray area in between. That's where a lot of things are. 99% of things. We like that. Uh, so it's been a little bit. I just wanted to address up front that yes, we did not manage to record an episode over the Thanksgiving break. We had every intention to, and then uh, some plans that were made but forgotten uh, came up, and <laughs> then we couldn't <laughs> be in as kind as possible. We couldn't record, uh, and then uh, Fish and DeFi had a plan, uh, but then we requested that, hey, let's just kind of as a team take a week off. But, you know, here's here's the good side of it. Yes, we didn't have an episode for you to listen to instead of paying attention to your family on Thanksgiving, for which I completely apologize for. I understand. <laughs> but the good thing, the silver lining here, because that's what we're all about here on this show. Well, that's what we're about half the time is this show is probably going to be pretty big. <laughs> so, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. We have so much stuff to talk about. I'm so excited. But first things first, Kyle, let's take a look at our outdated goals that we set. And let's oh talk about what has happened with us in Go uh, over the past like week and a half. Because we did some traveling. We did some playing. It was a whole thing. Um, but first, for goals, you wanted to finish your seven-day streaks? Um, It was so long ago, but I'm pretty sure I failed that when Scarlet and Violet came out. I mean, yeah, I think we all failed everything when Scarlet and Violet came out. That's fair enough. Uh, what about Shadow Mewtwo? You did manage to get one of those? Yeah, it's, it's not good. That's it's not, not good. That's oh. not all there is to say. Oh, what happened to it? What What is it? 7, 12, 11. 7, 12, 11. And you're just eyeballing that? You're not even using an app? Yeah. My man over here. Wow. I have I have not used Calc IV or, or another app in like a year and a half. 
Well, why would you need to? For the sort of things that you're interested in, why would you need to? Even if I was going to look at something from a PvP perspective, yeah, I've got a general idea, and then I'll go check how it ranks online afterwards. You know? Yeah, I think that's so. a that's a fair line of thinking for sure. I mean, there's all these references online anyway. I, I kind of feel like you're the sort of person because I know how you prepare for gear up more often than not. As you sit down and you're like, okay, where's the concept? Here's 15 windows. Let's talk about this. <laughs> this is accurate. I also I do that for every show though. I have like seven windows open and I'm not even talking about anything this week. Yep, absolutely. Great. We have a lot of stuff to talk about regardless. So, <laughs> all right. So one out of two for you, 50%. Hey, hey, that's uh, that's that's good. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. For myself, I want to catch my shot on you too as well. I did do that. Hatch 50 eggs. You bet I did. And 500,000 experience. I believe I did do that within that week. But more exciting is that, uh, well, actually, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We also, in the time since we have recorded, we uh, flew out to Los Angeles. We were flown out and put up by Niantic in Los Angeles to take part in the Ultra Beast Arrival event that they had in the Ovation in Los Angeles. There also was like kind of a sister event. Is that a fair way of assessing this? I think so. A sister event in London. Um, yeah. That was doing much the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, Kyle, what was this event like? Why don't you explain it for those at home? Because I kind of got a little bit too wrapped up in it, and you were very uh, objective the whole time. <laughs> what was it like, like from a critical perspective? Like, how, how did it go? Like, if or, you were like, to what if, if somebody was to like, "Hey, man, what'd you do in Los Angeles this weekend?" and you knew they were a go player, what would you tell them? Uh, we, we met up in a very large group and did like fifteen raids. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the amount of it. Yes, there was a, a visual spectacle portion of it. They did do a projection on this big, beautiful white arch that's apparently known, but I've never heard of it before until then. Nia Lego came out and screamed, and we all went, ah, covered our ears because it was really loud, not that it was scary, uh, and then pretended to attack us. It was very close to that egg experience in Chicago that happened yep. uh, two that years we ago. we weren't there last for year. Right, which we weren't there for, which is hilarious. We were in Indianapolis at the time. What a what a time to be alive, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a neat in person experience, you know. But if you look at it from a bare bones perspective, it was a minimal number of raids. But it was cool to hang out and see the whole experience. Yeah, I kept saying to Kyle that it really felt like a high school football game, where everybody's just, <laughs> yeah. just sort of sitting around, kind of talking. You see somebody, you know, you go, oh, I'll be right back to your friends. I'm going to go talk to them real quick. Come back. Right. <laughs> so it was a good time. We just didn't have a blanket to sit on and, and, and bad concession stand snacks. You know, it was something. And I hope nobody traveled to go there. <laughs> well, I hope nobody traveled too, too far. I think the takeaway that I had when we were all talking afterwards was. If you had to travel an hour to something like that, I probably would do it. But anything more than that, and you would really be pushing it. I think so. I think so, too. Now, there was a couple of other aspects to this that were kind of like glossing over. There was a faux newscaster presentation that was happening in the middle of the space. Yep, that was fun. You know, and you can you can experience this stuff, I believe, on their YouTube channel or their Twitter, one of the two. And uh, and that was pretty cool. They had some neat things set up. There was apparently a lot of issues with attendance and letting people into the event and instructions that were given at the London event. 
as far as I know, the LA event was not nearly as issued. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we, we were already in there. So who's to say? But I'll tell you what my highlight was, Kyle, that entire event. I hit level 50 finally. Yeah. You after did. after several, several raids, it was right at the end of the event. It was a good time. And uh, and now I can retire. Uh, so, Kyle, I'm bequeathing this podcast to you in its entirety. I'll see you later. No, I'm I'm out of here. I'll, I'll never hit 50, so I'm going to be here forever. I don't think I have that kind of dedication. <laughs> I need to convince another Pogo podcast to take you in. Like, uh, can you please adopt my co-host? He needs a, a home. Uh, what would you do without <laughs> Pokemon Go in your life, though? Me? Yeah. Probably spiral into an unending pit of personal despair. Start playing. Start playing Ingress. I wouldn't start playing Ingress. I, man, I don't know what it would take for me to start seriously playing Ingress. <laughs> start a podcast. Start a podcast with Ken about playing Ingress. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that would actually be the key. I, I got to tell you, I've tried so many times to play Ingress, and it's just, um, it's just not for me. I don't think, or I haven't had the right experience yet. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, that is to say, you know, it was a really exciting period of time uh, since the last time we recorded, and we have a lot of news to catch up on. So. Without further ado, let's hop into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, we got three big pieces of news here. Well, it's kind of like two. Uh, it's three. It's three, three and a half ish. Yeah. The first thing is the season of wishes. Yes, we've gotten our first taste of the brand new season starting in a couple of days here in December, the season of wishes. And with it came yet another image update and infographic. Uh, that was shared somewhere. I think it was initially leaked by India's uh, account handle by accident. <laughs> and so now we all have it. So there we go. So let's start with a couple of the basics. Five star raids for December. You're going to be seeing Verizian, Terrakian, and Cobalion, followed by Kyurum. That's the first through the eighth, then the eighth through the 15th, the 15th through the 23rd, and the 23rd through, uh, well, until, you know, the next raid comes in on January 1st. All four of them can be shiny no word yet on whether or not they will have sacred sword and the like probably informations probably not they would probably go all the way to say that for sure there's also going to be some mega raids now you might be like oh, why do we have to talk about these i'll tell you why in a second mega obama snow is going to be first from the first to the eighth mega agron will pick up right after that until the 15th and then starting on the 15th until the next mega comes in on january 1st you're going to be seeing Mega Glalie, the I got my mouth open and I got horns mega Pokemon. I don't know how else to describe it, Kyle. Can you think of a more succinct way to describe Mega Glalie? Uh, it's got a beard. So oh, I feel true. like you got to you got to include the beard. It's really, really true. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> We've also got a very complicated research breakthrough uh, where Starting December 1st and ending March 1st, this is going to be going on for the entire season. Very strange. You have a chance of one of six Pokemon. Are you ready for the six possible Pokemon? I'm not ready. No. And let me, after I tell you, you still won't be ready. <laughs> Galarian Mr. Mime, Delibird, Bagon, Dino, Furfrow, and Gumi, those are your six that you can choose from. Well, no, sorry. Those are six that the pool can randomly choose from. 
to give you as a reward. Now, mind you, only five of these are shiny eligible, and the one that's not is Gumi, which is arguably kind of the chase in this pool. Kyle, what is your assessment of this? Besides, why are we doing this? Galarian <laughs> uh, Mr. Mime's a new shiny. That's true. So, so there's that. <laughs> one in six chances when you only have three chances is really, really stupid. Yeah, but we have we have several months of it. We have three months of it. So you have nine. Yeah. Okay, you're right. No, you have four chances a month. Approximately. Yeah. So you have 12 chances. I would probably say that's maximum. I would probably say the average person probably misses a few days a month. Three, yes. I think, is a much safer bet. It's bad. It's just real <laughs> bad. <laughs> it is kind of a problem. Like, yeah. what if you want furfru and you do all every single breakthrough and you don't get furfru like what i don't understand the logic behind this oh people are upset that they're not having good encounters let's put numerous encounters so even if they do like one of them they might not even get it here's a an idea since at maximum you can probably get 12 of them right mm -hmm. there's six of them why didn't they just have them go in order and then repeat the order so if you want to have two chances at gumi you got to do all 12 yeah well probably because they can't code something to go in order like that it's either got to be random or fixed you can't say hey reese the first time you finish it you get a mr mime the second time you finish it, you get a dolly bird i feel like they've never done anything like that so yeah that's fair enough that i mean it's that's not a good excuse that's just a reason this is incredibly reminiscent of times when we've had raid pools that were like five-star raid pools that were flooded with things that we didn't necessarily want and one new thing that we did want yeah like reggie shinies or something like that Do you remember that summer that summer was oh oof. <laughs> a long time ago now but hey um, but let's talk about events for the month of December on December 3rd. Well, actually, I don't want to spoil it. We'll get to that one in just a second. But something is happening on the 3rd this Saturday. December 6th through December 11th is going to be the Mythic Blade event starting at 10 a.m. and ending at 8 p.m. local time on the first and last day of that event listed. December 10th, you'll be seeing elite raids. Same sort of thing we've seen before. We have no indication that this is going to change. So it's probably a safe bet. We're going to be seeing Hoopa Unbound once again. December 10th through 11th is something extraordinary. Keldeo special research. That's going to be from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. local time. So you'll have, I think it's, I think it's probably a weekend if I had to guess. Yeah, that's how the math works out. December 17th through December 18th is December Community Day. It will be both days, 2 to 5 p.m. local time each day. December 15th through the 23rd will be Winter Holiday Part 1. The 23rd through the 31st will be part two of that same event. December 24th and December 25th, I believe that is, oh wait, no, it's not a weekend. That's Christmas and Christmas Eve. Winter <laughs> Wonderland. And on December 24th, Christmas Eve? Hisui and Avalug raid day. It does so happen, by the way, that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are a weekend so oh really go. wow what a what a blessed year this is that that's pretty cool actually that, that makes rip me... those extra days off for people i know i know that's <laughs> the only problem here but all the same i am happy to to see a raid day oh, I, but but people go to christmas eve parties 2 to 5 p.m yep oh, come on oh, it's geez. a saturday they'll figure it out that's a bummer anyway uh we will talk about the december 3rd event in the next 
news items, so don't worry. Raid hours on the 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th, you'll be seeing the respective five-star raid bosses from 6 to 7 p.m., starting with Verizian and then Terrakian, Kobalion, and Kyurem, respectively for the dates I just listed. Spotlight hours are Tuesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m., and in December it will be the 6th, 13th, the 20th, and the 27th, and we will be starting with Wooper with two times Stardust for catching, Sfeel, then on the 13th from two times experience for catching. Bergmite is on the 20th with two times catch candy. And Cubchu is the final spotlight hour for December on the 27th. And the bonus will be two times candy for transferring Pokemon. Now, reminder that that is regular candy. So if you have a lot of legendaries you're holding on to for XL candy transfer, don't wait for that one. If you're looking for XLs in particular, that's not what that means. Okay, Mr. Kyle, so before we move on to this December 3rd event, which is actually kind of exciting, I think, for you personally, um, I, I think we've got some exciting news, especially on the surface level, that is exciting for you personally. Yeah. But before we get to any of that stuff, for the rest of December, give me one highlight and give me one thing that you're like, huh? About. The highlight can't be what's happening on December 3rd? The highlight can be what's happening on December 3rd. That's fine. I mean, that's that's definitely the only highlight for me. everything else in december is a huh like the swords of justice without the sacred sword terakian is the only one that's interesting in that regard Mm -hmm. anyways cares about kiram for the love of god (laughs) yeah fair enough mega glalie you know respect if you like mega glalie but in go it's just mono ice type and we're literally going to have a week of mega obama snow who has two types (laughs) Kyle, I said, give me one thing that made you go, huh? And no. you're just like, it's the whole month. <laughs> it's, it's all, I, don't under- I don't understand. <laughs> the spotlights are the only one that's like, fine, sure. Nobody yeah, it's it's hard to argue against spotlight hours unless they really go out of their way to make them the, disinteresting. You know? The whooper is a little bit strange. I feel like that should have been like. A Paldean whooper. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, but <laughs> like snow run or something like that. Yeah, Snow Run probably would like have been a good one. lean into it. Just lean I, into it. I definitely agree in this case. Yeah, I think my highlight is probably some of these events. I really like Kasui and Avalog. I'm excited for that raid day, despite me thinking it's at a strange time. Uh, but also the December 3rd, I think, is tied for the highlight for me. The one thing that I go, huh, about is absolutely the research breakthrough. I think God. that when you do this, it sounds cool on paper. But personally, I think in practice... For those of us that care and are dedicated to the game enough to get these streaks done, it's kind of frustrating sometimes. It can be, at least. I'm hoping not, but we'll see. If the shiny rates are like really good for some reason, that'd be cool, but I think they would have told us. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's no chance. No chance. No chance. Okay, well, let's stop beating around the bush here and just go straight for this, this new event that's happening on December 3rd. It is the Hoenn Mega Raid Day. Trainers, a raid day inspired by the first partner Pokemon of Hoenn, is coming to kick off the season and celebrate the announcement of Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn. Join us for Heading to Hoenn Mega Raid Day, featuring the debuts of Sceptile, Blaziken, and Swampert's Mega Evolutions. Mega Sceptile, Mega Blaziken, and Mega Swampert Energy won't be available again until Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn, so make sure you take advantage of this opportunity. So when is this happening? Like we said, it's happening Saturday, December 3rd, this weekend at 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. local time. You'll be seeing all three of these new Megas available in Mega Raids. 
If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. These are not new shinies. These have been out for a while, but it's cool that they mentioning that. Then for event bonuses, if you catch a Sceptile, a Blaziken, or a Swampert, they will know their community day moves. So let's say Frenzy Plant, Blast Burn, and Hydro Cannon, respectively. You can receive up to five additional free raid passes from spinning gym photo discs during the event, and you'll have an increased chance of encountering shiny Sceptile, Blaziken, and Swampert during this event. So they even upped the shiny chances. That's pretty cool. There's an event-exclusive ticket for $5 US or the equivalent pricing tier in your local currency. You'll be able to purchase a ticket for the following bonuses. And these bonuses will be effective from Saturday, December 3rd at 2 p.m. to Saturday, December 3rd at 10 p.m. local time. So you'll have an extended period after that. You'll have six additional raid passes from spinning gyms for a daily total of 12. You'll have an increased chance to get Rare Candy XL, 50% more XP from raid battles, and two times Stardust from raid battles. That is the raid day in its entirety. Kyle, I'm dying to know your thoughts because if, if those of you at home don't know, despite Kyle's favorite Pokemon not being from this generation, Kyle's like favorite generation is Gen 3. I'm very excited. First off, I think all three of the Megas are just great in general, but it just means more Hoenn stuff. And it also means more Megas. Yeah, like very true. Three at once, what? Yeah, which is honestly kind of a little bit frustrating at the same time, but we'll have to play and see for that. Also worth mentioning, all three Megas are top tier in terms of usability. Mega Swampert is the best water type attacker in the game, and I don't think it's ever going to get dethroned unless Origin Pulse is godly when it comes out for Kyogre in 2029. So that yeah, it's just I'm real excited. Uh, the exclusive ticket bonus is it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it's just a better experience kind of, but it doesn't feel like anybody's getting an advantage over somebody else, which is kind of nice for a paid ticket edition. So yeah, there's that. It's, it's really exciting, but this is sort of like an introductory event for the big kahuna event for this season, which is Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn. Now, this is a little bit of a complicated thing to talk about. There's two experiences on two separate weekends, but it's technically like the same event. Yeah. So we're, we're going to do our best here to work through this. I rearranged the way that this information was presented from the website in a way that I thought made a little bit more sense. So we'll see if that tracks. So, first and foremost, you can experience an exclusive two-day Pokemon Go in-person event in Las Vegas. Trainers, your favorite Pokemon from the Hoenn region of Pokemon Ruby and Pokemon Sapphire, are coming to Sunset Park. Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn Las Vegas arrives in Nevada in February 2023. Don't miss your chance to play Pokemon Go with thousands of other trainers from around the world while catching, trading, and battling with your favorite Pokemon. Who knows which rare Pokemon you may encounter during Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn, Las Vegas. Actually, they know and they tell you in this event. <laughs> so what's the when, where, how on this? Because it was magnificently nondescript in that original blurb. Tickets are live now. So go to, I believe it's gotour.pokemongolive.com or you can look for the link in our show notes. There is an early bird discount going on right now. I believe they're normally 30. You can get it for 25. Some boy. Like yep. 
really knocking off a, a whole tier of payment there. Uh, February 18th and 19th in Las Vegas, United States. To be more specific, it will be in Sunset Park. And the event time period will be 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. PST, which is local time there. Event gameplay. What, what are you even going to do there when you get there? Great question. Teaming up with Team Go Rocket? Question mark. A special research story only available to ticket-holding trainers is coming to Las Vegas. Ever wonder what it would look like to work with Team Go Rocket? Trainers at Pokemon Go Tour Ho in Las Vegas will be able to take part in an exclusive adventure and work alongside the Team Go Rocket leaders for the very first time. It's a neat idea. Uh, they'd have to really sell it for me, I think. But I would very much like to work alongside them. I do like those characters, especially after the visual rework. Much, much more than the team leaders. <laughs> oh, have. yes. But it, I mean, it says one thing and then we'll move on. If you're teaming up with Go Rocket, who's the bad guys? Oh, ooh, that's fair. That's a For good For those question. who don't play the main series game, Hoenn's evil teams are Team Magma and Team Aqua. So it would fit for them to be the ones who are doing the whole takeover bit here, which uh-huh. would be awesome. Not going to lie. Tyler, if you're listening, we can we can hear you vibrating with excitement of the possibilities <laughs> there. <laughs> Shining surprises. New data is coming in that has Professor Willow stumped. It looks like trainers taking part in Pokemon Go Tour Ho in Las Vegas will have an increased chance of encountering shiny Pokemon originally discovered in the Hoenn region. It's a very fancy narrative way of saying increase shiny chance if you are there. Complete your Hoenn Pokedex. Oh, what a loaded statement. What a loaded, loaded statement. And then listed underneath that were three rotating tiles that you could use the arrows to navigate through. Let me go through each of them. Oh, my God. (laughs) The first one is Primal Surges. Groudon and Kyogre are surfacing, bringing the might of the earth and the sea with them. Experience the power of Primal Reversion for the first time in Pokemon Go at Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn. Ticket-holding trainers in Las Vegas will have additional opportunities to complete Primal Surge field research, leading to encounters with Primal Groudon or Primal Kyogre. Next little blurb. Masterwork research. Wish granted. Wishes can come true. Just ask Jirachi. Ticket-holding trainers in Las Vegas will be able to access Masterwork research and have the first chance to encounter shiny Jirachi. And then the last little box ruby versus sapphire challenge as the earth and sea clash which side will you stand with all trainers will be able to pick between a ruby and sapphire badge the team you pick will shape certain in-person pokemon encounters the badge trainers pick at pokemon go tour ho in las vegas will carry over to the global event the following weekend and there's a little teaser for what the other weekend is yes it is a global version of this now before we move on to some specific details that's kind of it for like big big like feature highlights of what to expect besides new shinies and what spawns to expect so so kyle before we move on and we get too bogged down by details yeah what are you thinking here so far how are you feeling about this so first thought because there's going to be whole thoughts to give um primal ground and kyogre are really interesting because for those of you who don't know from playing the main series games there wasn't a restriction like Megas. You could have both primals on your team and primal re- reser- reversion them during a battle. And you could have a Mega on your team as well. 
it was it was quite disgusting time for competitive i've heard <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it would be interesting to see if they just treat it as another mega if you can only have one evolved at a time that's probably what's going to happen but you never know you never know i'm not entirely sure either they didn't even mention if we would be able to use them what if it's just an encounter and we get regular Groudon and kyogre out of it i mean no they uh they talk about the red and the blue orb of power at some point okay. in this whole breakdown. I don't remember where it is, but they they do speci- specifically say it. About the items? Okay, cool. Yeah, until yeah. I get energy. So I just, you know, every single time, as soon as we as soon as soon we hear these things and as we work through these blog posts, you and I have always been so careful about, like, people read into these things way too much. And you just, like, always expect the least amount of return. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, it's, it's mentioned in the global. I think it's oh, good. a little bit. So good, good, good. We can talk about that. I don't think I actually listed it because it looked like a complete repeat of what was said before. But uh, I'm interested to see the Ruby versus Sapphire challenge. I think the the red and uh, green versions for Kanto Tour worked out really well. And I think silver and gold felt really good for Johto too. I'm, I'm a big fan of this setup. Now, I mean, I'm saying that because the two of us are a duo. So it's like, whatever. But <laughs> Let's talk about some raids really quick. It's actually quite simple. In five-star raids, it's all the Deoxys forms, all Deoxys. In primal raids, they're going to be saying uh, or seeing Groudon and Kyogre. You'll probably also be saying Groudon and Kyogre, but like yelling it because like that's exciting. Uh, Special Pokemon will appear in the wild. Small note first. Special Pokemon will appear in unique habitats during the event. Also for the first time in Pokemon Go, you'll be able to encounter Shiny Unknown H, Surskid, Gulpin, Torkoal, Cacnea, Tropius, and Relicanth. Now, these are all the Shinies that are left in the Hoenn Pokedex, save for one small exclusion. Yeah. I'll take it away. <laughs> the entire the entire listing, because we are gonna we have a lot more to read, they don't mention Cacleon once. It's, it's invisible. It's there. You, you have to highlight the whole article. I'm I, sure the text is just invisible. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible that we get to this event and they don't address Kecleon. But the fact that it is absent here says a lot. I See, feel. There's a, there's a point in one of these several pages that explains this event that I had to consolidate today. <laughs> At the bottom is this thing that says uh, features and events or something like that. It's like new features and items actually it was new features and items and it says coming soon so i wonder if the kekleon thing will be tied to a new feature and that's why they haven't announced it yet and will later on maybe i think that post is going to be more like no more like here's the cosmetic you get for for doing the special research here's the pose here's the outfits yeah i i feel like they're not actually going to show anything major there it's just not ready to show yet but they consider those avatar items. They don't consider those like features. Yeah, I know. But I, I think that is the nature of what's okay. going to be in there. You got a feeling in your bones? I, I think if anything happens with Kecleon, we won't find out till the day of. Gotcha. Okay. I, I think that's probably right. And I kind of would like that. That'd be kind of neat if it was a legitimate surprise. But that's not going to stop us from being incredibly frustrated by it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of these habitats. There's four of them. In Blistering Sands, you're going to be seeing Torchic, Ninkata, Cacnea, Bagon, and more. Eerie Mists, Surskit, Meditite, Chimeco, Absol, 
and more. Verdant Earth. That's my favorite title. I think that's pretty cool. <sighs> Trico, Wurmple, Mawile, Gulpin, and more. And lastly, Ancient Shores. Mudkip, Leap, Phoebus, Clampearl, and more. All these can be shiny because it's a, a tour. Yep, you got it. On first look, Kyle, which one do you think is the one that has the value? Uh, for everybody or for me? <laughs> for everybody. I mean, they're all actually kind of okay. Yeah. Probably, I'm going to say Blistering Sands just because Ninkata is a fairly uncommon one. But then hang on, no. Yeah. Chimeco has increased Stardust catch, doesn't it? Sure does. Or is that only because it's hatching? No, no, it has increased okay. Stardust. So that I feel like Eerie Mist has to have the win there. And okay. Absol is also a very uncommon shiny as well. So, yeah, that's my my go there. It's really cool to see Ninkata in the wild, Amalwile in the wild, Chimeco yeah. in the wild, and Clampearl in the wild. Phoebus less so because I've seen a million of them, but I guess for other people it's exciting. I think, Kyle, you're right. There's there's value in each of these pools. I think they did a, good, they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Now let's see if that carries over to the logic with eggs, shall oh, we? <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> in two-kilometer eggs, you're going to be seeing the baby suite, Pichu, Iglybuff, Azuril. Why not? And then, for some reason, Trico, Torchic, and Mudkip. Let's go. <laughs> in five-kilometer eggs, you're going to be seeing a small pool of Surskit, Gulpin, and Cacnea. It's kind of cool for targeting shinies if you need to. Seven-kilometer eggs will be featuring Trapinch, Phoebus, Bagon, and Beldum. These are essentially Pokemon that have been featured in events in the past. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it's a it's a nice way of them allowing you to potentially catch up if you want to. But if you've had your fill of Beldum or Trapinch or Bagon, like Kyle and I have, we can avoid them. I think this is good design in this one case, for sure. 10 kilometer eggs. I also feel really good about this. Oh, no. Has Torkoal, Tropius, and Relicanth in it. All regionals, all with new shinies. That's cool for me, in my opinion. What do you think? You're making a face. Do we want to talk more now or do you want to keep reading? Okay. Well, we'll keep going until we get to the part that I'm upset about with this event. Yeah. <laughs> all right. There's also exclusive live experiences, legendary photo opportunities. It's implied you will probably get photobond by Latios and Latias. Time to research. Go for a spin. These are for Spinda. And field research tasks will feature mega energy and ghost type Pokemon encounters. And then additionally, there are ticket holder exclusives up to six special trades can be made within the park. 50% Stardust cost for trades made within the park. Increased chance of encountering shiny Pokemon. Half hatch distance up to nine additional free raid passes from spinning photo discs at gyms. And incense will give a boosted chance of encountering costumed Pokemon and unown. We haven't been given a... any indication of what the costume Pokemon will be, but it's safe to say we'll probably see it on the starters like we did in the previous tours. All right, go ahead, Kyle. Fire away. The last time we did this, I'm going to be saying that phrase a lot. Regionals were in raids. Yeah. You could pick what regional you wanted. You could pick which regional you wanted to farm if you were insane enough to do that, as some of our friends were. Mm -hmm. They are now in 10K eggs which you have to hatch, which you also have to get, mind you. So let's just say you're crazy lucky and your first batch of eggs, you had two 10Ks, you got a Torkoal and a Tropius and you need Relicanth. You have to spin more stops. What if you get 
seven two-kilometer eggs and two five-kilometer eggs. What do you do now? You have to hatch those. You don't have a choice. And God forbid you hatch those, you get a 10-kilometer egg, and it's another tropius. <laughs> you can only yeah. walk so much in one day that if you're not running nine incubators, there is a very, very real chance you don't get all three of these regionals. Like, probably more likely that you don't than you do. And that's a problem. We don't need to talk about the fact that Igly Buff and Pichu are in the two-kilometer eggs. That's already a problem. <laughs> okay. I was wondering if we were going to circle back for the 2K pool. I, I will say, I will say that that's, that's absolutely problematic and ridiculous. But on a positive note, I always forget, despite Hoenn being my favorite, that Azuril and Why Not were added in Hoenn. So that's just a fun fact. I always forget about it. Like I hear what you're saying about the eggs, but everybody is is in that same level of of restriction. And I feel like having them in the raids was a little bit kind of pay to winny. But you're saying in the interest of everybody getting one for dex completion, right? Yeah, I don't care about the shiny. Hunter shiny to your heart's content. I would argue and I would hope and I would expect that we will have encounters with the regional Pokemon in the research. I believe that's been the case the last two tours. I don't remember that being the case for Corsola and Heracross. I remember having to do raids. I don't remember. I'll have to. Maybe we'll double check. Somebody yeah. who also remembers might actually be able to respond. But <laughs> yes, please. That's the expectation also is to try and get a shiny for one you really like. That's kind of one of the big things that has been the last two years for the tours. Yeah. And it just locking it behind eggs. Putting them in eggs is fine, but the fact that it's the only way to get eggs, it get them, is the problem. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope, and my expectation is that they'll be in the research or some other way, because I feel like that's bad design. I don't know why there's not three-star raids right now. Nobody wants to do all the Deoxys forms. We've had their shinies forever. People are just there for the primal raids. So Very like, true. Like, Very the true. Deoxys raids are insulting. Okay, I know you have more to say, but we're going to just tie it in here because there is one other Pokemon that's not listed in this entire breakdown, and I don't know if you've noticed it. Where's Rayquaza? Rayquaza? Yeah. yeah. Where's Sorry, Rayquaza? Rayquaza. Rayquaza? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, forgive us. Why is it not here? Why was it not Deoxys and Rayquaza in five-star rates? I get it. That would be pretty bloated, but still. I have a feeling that one of the follow-up events for this is going to be Mega, Rayqua Ray Mega Rayquaza Raid Day or something. Maybe, but the whole point is completing your decks. You know, you do it. You have to catch one of every Pokemon. I know yeah, we only have say, a sample size of two, but the idea is strong. Like, they don't have to, you know complete your mega decks that's not no i'm not decks. saying for megas but like what if somebody hasn't caught a rayquaza yet oh yeah he hasn't been in raids for two years who doesn't have a rayquaza <laughs> anybody who started in the pandemic actually yeah i mean honestly you're, we you're, had you're one right. raid weekend i believe also now uh, we're just gonna sure keep it was going also around i think for two weeks at one point in time i don't think since 2020 i think it was only one weekend i i think the last two week run it had was in 2019 yeah, I think it's time for Rayquaza to come back. You're making um, a good point here. Where are the Reggies? I know, keep them away, but they're part of Hoenn, too. Where are yeah, they? Yeah, where are the Reggies? Oh, that's such a good question. You can argue you want to do something special for Rayquaza, but where are the Reggies? They have to be 
a reward somewhere. Gigas um, is not Hoenn, right? No, well, Gigas, Gigas was Gen 4. Gen 4? Okay. All I right. think. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Gen 4. Or was it like at one of those 3.5 things that happens every once in a while? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, it was Gen 4. Okay. Okay. Woo! <laughs> good. I don't really want another Gigas, honestly. I have my Shanae, and I'm good without anything else. Um, but we have a lot more to talk about with this event really quick, so let's keep going and, and we'll get to some other thoughts and feelings. But before we move on to the global part of this, let's talk about how you can spend even more money attending this Las Vegas experience. Evolve your experience. Upgrade with special ticket add-ons. Purchase a ticket before February 10th to unlock exclusive time research that will help you get ready for Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn Las Vegas. So if there's that, you'll get the research if you do it before the 10th. Here's the first of three potential add-ons, and you can get all three. First one is Raid Lover. For $15, you get up to 18 free raid passes by spinning photo discs at gyms, additional 5,000 experience from completing raids, six additional candy awarded for catching Pokemon in five-star raids, three additional candy XL awarded for catching Pokemon in five-star raids. Do you want to take this one at a time or do you want me to just do the whole group? Just do both. We... Just okay. do both. Okay. Not the last one. Just, just the two. Okay. Eggthusiast. For $15, same price if you're keeping track, you get quarter egg hatch distance. And they were very quick to mention that it doesn't stack with the half. Don't get greedy. No. <laughs> three times hatch experience, three times hatch candy, three times hatch stardust, and an increased chance of 10 kilometer eggs from spinning Pokestops and photo discs at gyms. So if you were the person that was going to target those regionals, you'd probably want to pick up that enthusiast ticket edition as well. This is not a new concept. We have seen these before, but I don't remember feeling as weirdly about them as I do this time. It's because it was for GoFest. Oh, yeah. This was the bonus for GoFest this last year, if I recall correctly, because I believe Mitch selected one of two and was upset about it when they didn't let him go back and buy the other one that's right that's right you're correct yeah well, that's right at the different go tour live events they had this so that you could like the city explorer pass and whatever the other one was i think it had to do with eggs right that yeah like adventure or, or, something or something like that yeah yeah so i mean these these aren't new i think you know the the value you get out of it for the price i think it's very clear that you do get a, a relatively okay return on value from the raid lover one it's very reminiscent of what you'd get out of the boxes when they were good um enthusiast if you go hard enough you'll get your money's worth out of it but you gotta probably work pretty hard to be honest with you the real question real quick is does the quarter hatch distance stack with the half hatch distance? No, it doesn't. It absolutely know, doesn't. They clarified it right away. That's why it's I set it up. Trash. Like, nope, it is. It is. But but also, dude, no incubators nope. listed. None. Nope. nope. So and there's probably going to be a box with like five in it at the time. Yeah. You have to spend money on money in order to take advantage of the money you spent already. Yeah. I mean, you could hatch one, uh, one egg at a time at a quarter hatch distance. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I can't this, even say it in a straight face. If this came with if this came with 15 super incubators, at least I'd be on board. But you know what would feel good? 20. 20 seems like a reasonable amount. I don't know what it is about this that jumps out at me a lot more than last time. But even the raid lover, this is so expensive. This <laughs> yeah. is so expensive. <laughs> it is. We're not if even done a, yet. <laughs> if you're a dedicated player. 
and you go for your day, buy it now, $25, you want to do both. You're hatching eggs anyways. You're walking anyways while you're doing your raids. That puts this ticket at uh, $65. No, $55. $55. I'm sorry. $55. Yeah. $55. And if you wait too long and then you do it, that'll be 60 bucks. Yep. But wait, like, Kyle, there's more. Okay, fine. Go ahead. There's more. I know. Okay, I want to talk about it too, but I think we're missing part of it with, with leaving this out. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I missed this part until we read the notes. I, I didn't even, didn't even okay. see it. The way that this event was initially presented to me on the article, and maybe this is just a me problem, but I thought that it was implying that it was both days, that the ticket was both days. But that's not the case. Extra day add on Saturday, extra day add on Sunday. Enjoy two days of adventure in Sunset Park in Las Vegas, Nevada. After selecting either a Saturday or Sunday ticket, trainers can purchase an add-on for the other day to make the most of their time. For $25, you get an increased chance of encountering shiny Pokemon. Up to It's the same bonuses. It's just the same bonuses. Tingo Rocket will appear more frequently in balloons. Incense activated during the event will last for 90 minutes. Increased chances of obtaining spooky scramble and energy boost field research tests. I don't even know what those are. I, Access I, to the I, time. I, I can answer at least one of those. Okay, which? Spooky scramble has got to reward one of the two ghost types that they didn't list. So, Oh, probably. I think Because it's right a field there. research, so it's just repeatable. That sounds right to me. I don't know what the energy boost one Pokemon would be, but. I don't either. That, hey, that's a good pick. I was ready to just kind of give up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Once trainers pick a team, either Ruby or Sapphire, they will remain on that team for both days of the event. That stinks, in my opinion. Access to the time to research, go for a spin twice, once per day. That kind of stinks, in my opinion, as well. And then just to let you know, you will not receive a duplicate of the following. Event special research and uneasy alliance and the masterwork research, which granted. Yeah. So don't think you're going to be smart and get two shiny Jirachis out of it by buying both tickets. That won't happen. So the final total, even with the early bird edition, you are looking at $80, $80 for everything. And this second one is not worth it unless you have no re unless you want to stay in the park for the second day because you have friends who have the second day. This is terrible value. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And just to remind you, remember when they had those ticketed holder or those ticket holder bonuses and they said trades in the park and stuff like that? You can probably expect train to be locked with ticketed players like we had at the yeah, Go Fest. It does experience. specify up to six within the park. Yep. Uh, it doesn't specify what spawns except for like incense increased timeline. So you probably won't have the rotating habitats. Otherwise, what would be the point of this ticket being different? So what spawns do you even have? I imagine you actually do have the same habitats and it's not going to be rotating. It's an, it's an in-game live event. Sorry. It's an in-person yeah, live event. Yes, so it'll be physical. Right. Yeah. But, but well, that's a I, good question. If you have the same spawns, this is absolutely unacceptable. This is ridiculous. Wow. Okay. I just full stop. It's just greedy. You think you're not going to sell enough tickets to fill your park? Like, that's the only thing I can think of right now because GoFest is slammed. Could you imagine how busy each day would be if everybody could buy three tickets? Yeah, hold on a second. Okay, I was kind of okay with this except for the price point, but I'm I'm upset by this because it said thousands of other trainers, but these events always sell out. Always. Yes. It's not they, going they to not sell out. 
does somebody that that buys a ticket and then buys the add-on take away an opportunity for somebody on the other day to have a regular ticket? I don't know. How could they not? Is your space you know? qualified? That see, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, this feels like something they're doing because they don't think they're going to get enough people in there overall. So they have they want to make sure that each day is are full because they know oh, people who are going to go yeah. are going to buy both tickets. And also, let, let's not even mention the fact that this was announced two and a half months before it was happening. Yeah, I mean it's generous and. Niantic world. I know, but for traveling, I, I, no, things, it's not good. It's not good. I, I know, it's but just, like, and then, but they know that they have you if you're going. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna really spend fifteen hundred dollars on flight and hotel or more, and not spend twenty five more dollars to play Pokemon? Right. No, you're gonna. Anybody who's going there who has to travel to go there is gonna buy both tickets. It doesn't make sense not to. You know, I didn't even think this was going to be where I was going to be upset. <laughs> and here we are. So, because uh, there's more. <laughs> there's more. There is more. We have the global experience. That's that's what's next. But for, for just like kind of a closing comment on this whole like special ticket add-on thing. The the raid lover and enthusiasts, I think, are fine. I think they are. I think the price should be a little bit lower, but I think they're okay. My biggest issue is this extra day add-on. I think this is so incredibly problematic and sends yeah. a bad signal I, here. I think it's real bad. I didn't yeah. even notice it earlier. It's I don't even know what 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 else is there to say. <laughs> yeah, if, if it turns out that it is taking an opportunity away from somebody else to get a ticket, I think this is really bad because how many how many heartbroken trainers have we heard from that were like, yeah, my family of five were really excited to go to GoFest. But we couldn't get tickets even though we were waiting in line. Like, you know, they yeah. were there when it went live and they still couldn't. Like, but like, even if it doesn't, cool. like, even if it doesn't, let's just assume that they plan for everybody to go two days. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It is. I thought the whole point of having them on separate days was to spread the crowd out so it wasn't too much. Yeah, and and here's the thing though too is that in Seattle they did a really brilliant idea where they had you know your, your ticket you had one city day and one park day and I loved that we loved that we talked about it a lot it turned out to be really good you're not going to do that in this case because the strip isn't exactly family friendly yeah you know so I, I you know I, <laughs> I guess we'll learn more about it but let's talk about the global the global event because that's what's going to really affect most of us here and actually even if you do attend the vegas event you can still participate in the global event so this affects all of us so when is the global event well the global adventure is coming to trainers around the world on september february 25th and sunday february 26th from 10 a.m to 6 p.m local time on each day special research chasing legends Trainers around the world will be able to enjoy special research featuring none other than Re from the Go Ultra Recon Squad. Professor Willow has asked Re what Professor Willow has tasked Re with researching Hoenn folklore about the red and blue orbs. Ah, there you go. There it is, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Items which are said to have some connection to Primal Kyogre and Primal Groudon, and Re needs your help. In addition, there will be Primal Surge, like we'll have the, the Primal Raids, Masterwork Research, Wish Granted. It's the same thing, except because the global event is free, if you want the Masterwork Research, you got to buy it. And it's going to be longer than the one that the people got in Las Vegas. 
They yeah. went out of their way to make sure you knew that. I was like, okay, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Do I get more rewards because there's more pages or not? No, like, it just means it's going to be harder. Oh, okay. Sure. So instead of catch five, this it's probably going to be generalized harder tasks for wherever you happen to be. Yeah, well, I mean, the original goal of the last two masterworks was it was supposed to take you a while to do. Right. Like, even if you were grinding, it was not something you were going to do overnight. Well, no, you, yeah, it's right, because you couldn't, because there was like a six-week stopgap in there or something like yeah. that. Well, I mean, the first one had a requirement of get to level 40, so. Well, like, that's true, too. That's true, too. Yeah. Uh, and then there's going to be the Ruby vs. Sapphire challenge, so you will be able to choose a, a you know, research to do. At rates. Same setup with the Deoxys forms and five star and Kyogre and Groudon and primal raids with the addition of Trico, Torchic and Mudkip rotating in one star raids. So, so that doesn't sound too bad, but remember that they're all sharing the same gyms. So this yep. means that those starters will further dilute the pool of they're, primal raids. They're doing that intentionally. Right, right. I, you know, and, and we're also assuming that those three will be costumed. So maybe there is some value there for some of you that like to, to catch it. But let's be what honest. What if Deoxys has a costume? I will be upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think actually it depends. If it's really good, I might be pleasantly surprised. But I don't Deoxys know with what. pool noodles on his arm. <laughs> actually make him into pool noodles. Just Yeah. <laughs> you remember a long time ago when they did that April 1st thing where they changed everybody's Pokemon on their box to the sprites? Yeah. I want them to change the Pokemon in the encounter screen to the sprites. Oh, no. That'd be cool. Give someone a headache. That'd be amazing. (laughs) All right. Special Pokemon for the global experience. It's the same habitats as Las Vegas, that experience. And they didn't say this, but I mean, really, it's likely rotating on an hourly basis or semi-hourly basis. And the same shiny new releases are coming out, too. It's the same exact list. So they won't be releases they'll just be uh now everybody gets them (laughs) if you weren't in vegas and the eggs are also the same same pools so that's it you know so i hope you were listening to the first part because it was mostly also partially the global event (laughs) yeah all right kyle all said and done hoen tour what do you what are you thinking i know we've shared a lot of thoughts so far but what what do you how do you think is a good way to talk about this Uh, do you want to say a highlight and and a downlight again or or what because it's kind of big. Look, my my takeaway, I have, I've got one stance right here. I've got two stances. I'm upset at the whole thing. Wow. Okay. I'm excited because it's Hoenn. I'm upset because I don't – well, I, we're making it clear. We're not going to Las Vegas. It's not happening. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, you you could be going to Las Vegas without telling me. That's fine. You have fun. We didn't get a chance to talk about it today, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> we're not going. Okay. Not happening. I love tickets. They were only like $200 to go, so. That's just for the flight, Chris. Can you imagine a hotel in Las Vegas? Uh, I'll just pack a tent. It'll be fine. No. The global is, is bad. It's it's just the event, but worse. <laughs> like, I don't know. There... That should be the tagline. <laughs> Hoenn global event, like the in-person event, but worse. <laughs> I just no, you get thought, two days out of it. It's better. You get two days. No. And it's free. Now this this is just on me. But I thought the the go tours for the regions were perfectly positioned to be a global event counter 
to go fest. Nowhere in my mind did it make sense for it to be an in-person event counter to GoFest. It doesn't make any sense to me. And like that's that's where I'm taking it away. I think I'm really excited for Primal, Kyogre, and Groudon because they're really cool and their shinies are fantastic. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, Shiny Drachis, whatever, I don't care. But I have to pay for it, so <laughs> that, yeah. that, that feels yeah. bad. But see, it feels bad to buy the Master Research. It didn't feel bad for it to be part of a paid experience. Because I paid for part, I paid for the experience that's included in my experience. But now I'm just paying for that research, which is probably going to be like eight ninety nine or something like that. Seven ninety nine. I think I enjoyed the format of paying for the event and then all of us doing global challenges to unlock the masterwork research better. Like I like that participation, you know, on a global scale. I love those things. And now, now, do I think do I think those numbers are legit for how many raids or Tingo Rocket members we've beaten? Actually, nowadays I think so. But a couple of them in the first place, I was a little skeptical of, but. I like that. What's wrong with that? You're right, Kyle. Yeah. And I'm also just slightly skeptical about the special research. If the one in person includes Team Magma and Team Aqua, it doesn't sound like this one does. So I'll be real upset if that is the case and we don't get to experience that on a global level. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess we're going to have to see. Again, like we had mentioned, there are parts of this event that is not yet laid out. Uh, so we might have more details to, to talk about. There is one more thing I have to say. Okay. Because it stood out like a red flag to me. There's no mention of shiny rates or shinies in general for the global tour, except the same releases. Whereas they specify increased shiny odds for the in-person event. Yep. And now, do you really think they're not going to have increased shiny rates or I, it's not a paid event? Oh, yeah. That's right. So, yes, I right now I do think that now when you go and ask me about Johto or Kanto tour, I didn't think that I, I don't think they were explicit about it. I went to try and find the text from Kanto and from what I saw, it didn't really mention it, but they're paid events. So I'm willing to cut it slack and I'm willing to see what the numbers say about encounters and they were boosted this is not paid i'm not expecting boosted shinies of anything in global personally yeah it, this not being paid is actually starting to sound like a worse thing to me yeah i i can't help but agree with you pretty much in every single front with this event i feel differently about the eggs a little bit i kind of maybe i just like the way they're organized but i see what you're saying about the 10ks for sure I'm going to be trying to probably hatch a lot of eggs because I tend to walk a lot during the tour events. Uh, and Drive a lot. Both, honestly. It is kind of both. I mean, so, we drove exclusively for Johto. Wasn't it like really cold? Yes, it was very cold. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But, man, I, some of the potential issues we, we saw, I don't know. I'm not sure how to really feel about it at the end of the day. I guess we'll all kind of see how it shakes out. You can probably expect us to revisit this topic in the future. But with that, that's the news section. And because our news section took like an hour, no joke, <laughs> we're going to be passing up on Gear Up and Pokalore this week and just going straight into PokePole. So last week's PokePole was 
What is your view on shadow Pokemon? Love them? Purify them? Tell us your most shadowy achievements. Our first response from Julius, and they said, I just learned about the shadow Pokemon's strength, but before then I was just purifying them for the subdecks, so I had a new idea. First shadow is kept, but the second gets purified, so I can still get there in the decks. Oh, man. It's That's a good idea. Living, shiny, shadow, lucky decks. Purified. And purified. Oh, my God. I don't think there's enough inventory space anymore for that. It's kind of a shame you can't do a living mega decks, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Next response is from Artemis Dragon. They said, hello again, go cast squad. Despite me using very few shadow Pokemon, I'm actually with DeFi when it comes to using them. Morally, it's just wrong, and it sends out the message that bad is essentially better than good, which conflicts with the narrative. Everything about shadow Pokemon are better. The shadowy aura, the red eyes, the high damage increase. Even the word shadow is alluring. And what do purified Pokemon get? An unattractive misty aura, a damage decrease, and lower power-up costs. Who wants to play with that? Not sure what they can do as far as stats go. A defensive boost, as mentioned by Kyle, would probably be game-breaking for Pokemon like Sableye and PvP, but at least make them look cool like they did with the Apex Pokemon. That multicolored rainbow animation is absolutely amazing. Thanks for the amazing discussion, GoCast. And to you, Niantic, shame on you. LOL. <laughs> the Artemis Dragon out. Yeah, especially after everything we just read. But <laughs> uh, Excellently juxtaposed, yes. There, so... There, there is one thing we talked about it did we missed here about the bonus of shadow pokemon they go to level 25 that's not a big deal but for anybody who doesn't have their teams and everything fleshed out that's a real easy way for you know a sub level 30 or a sub level 35 player to get pokemon in a position to be ready very quickly saves yeah. them basically the equivalent candy of evolving it in powering it up, which is cool. It just doesn't scale with the rest of the game. Uh, good stardust too, that you're saving. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think that's absolutely right. The narrative question is difficult to navigate, but I'm going to keep using them functionally <laughs> until they give me a reason not to. And I hope they do. Um, but our last poke poll response is in the form of a voicemail. Hey, Chris and Kyle. Uh, my name is Patrick Klingforth. I've been listening for quite a while. I just wanted to give a call about the the purification question that you had in the last episode. I like purification. Um, I think it's good. I think it's cool. Uh, my kids love to purify Pokemon and make the, the sick Pokemon feel better. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I, when I started this most recent account, um, I've really made it a focus of mine to go after Rockets and to um, get as many of those encounters as possible. And so from June when I started this account until now, I've purified over 600 Pokemon. And i oh. come to make that a centerpiece of my gameplay because oh it's free gosh. and it's fun for me to battle those and feel like I'm kind of defeating the evil team. And then a deep cut, if you guys remember uh, the early TCG, um, if you collected as a kid, um, I'm in my 30s, so it came out when I was, you know, in grade school, uh, there was the, the dark um, naming mechanic, the naming convention in uh, Team Rocket set from, from Watsi, and then later on they released the light naming convention. So there were light Pokemon and dark Pokemon. I thought that was so cool. And the Team Rocket thing, 
um, with the shadow and purified Pokemon seems to kind of resemble that. So it brings me back to my childhood. I really enjoy it. I know that I'm, I'm not in the majority on that, but for me, um, it seems to be a cool thing. I wish they made purified Pokemon better. I wish that they were more useful, um, but I still have a good time going after those, purifying them, letting my kids make them feel better, um, trying to beat Team Rocket and to save all those sad little shadows. So, um, sorry, third time's a charm, hopefully. My name's Patrick Klingforth. I really enjoy what you guys do. Keep it up. Um, sorry for the long voicemails. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Bye. All right, Patrick, kudos to you. That is a style of gameplay that I could never do. Nope, but that's the fantastic part about it. That's why Go is so great, because there's so much you can do and make the center of your gameplay. And all that matters is that you get the enjoyment out of it. 100%. Agreed. Loved it. Thank you so much for the voicemail. We appreciate you, Patrick. For this week's PokePole, we have, how do you feel the Pokemon Go Tour events stack up to Pokemon Go Fest events? Which one do you look forward to the most and why? This seems like a really pertinent question this year because this is the first time that Go Tour seems to really quite resemble a Go Fest. Yeah. They're getting kind of close and they're accoutrement. I would argue that this year they are basically the same. I don't think there's anything that actually separates Go Tour from Go Fest right now at this point, except for the name. Well, I mean, well, the, we, the theming, we don't know. Obviously. We also don't know if maybe they're going to blow up GoFest into this incredible thing. But based off of the track record we've had with GoFests, I mean, we're, it's it's safe to assume it'll be somewhat similar. They haven't really yeah. gone through massive changes ever, <clears throat> except for not having event tasks for the global event. Blah! I'm still mad yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think my takeaway is that it's a very strange thing, as I mentioned earlier, to try and juxtapose the two. Yeah. Specifically because GoTour is trying to highlight a region. And that is going to appeal to a specific subset of Pokemon fans. Yes, all Pokemon fans do like a lot of Pokemon. Yes, every Pokemon player has their favorite region. They're going to be more excited for that tour than others. Somebody who never played Gen 3, or maybe they didn't like it. That's totally an option. What do they care about this tour? They only care because they're a Go player. And it just it's strange to try and put so much focus on it when it was in such a comfortable position before. Can't agree. Case in point, I almost peed my pants when I read the Johto tour details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, and then we talked about it. We were told it was coming out, and it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then just immediately deflated. What, for Hoenn tour? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do want to say, man, I'm sorry that your tour is not as good as mine, but it's just <laughs> it's just what ridiculous. you get for liking Hoenn over Johto, buddy. <laughs> we got four more regions to go. I know. It's well, going to be like for $400. <laughs> Yeah, you could, you could have one opportunity to maybe catch. <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, obviously, we're being a little uh, hyperbolic here, but jeez, yeah. uh, hard not to make jokes, I got to say. Uh, but yeah, dude, I, I think my answer here for this question is that they seem to be incredibly similar. That being said, I really look forward to go tour events. I've had more fun at tour events mechanically than go fest of course the social aspect 
of in-person events and seeing the setups and stuff for GoFest is superior. But if we're going to be having those at Go Tours, Go Tours might take the spot for me, I think. I like the completionist aspect of it. I think it's nice. Oh, they also didn't mention any collection challenges. I'm sure that. Oh, you know that's going to happen. But it's crazy that it wasn't mentioned. I know. Magic numbers 81, by the way, everybody. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Yeah. All right. So anyway, dear listener, if you'd like to answer this week's Pokeball question, which was, how do you feel the Pokemon Go Tour events stack up to Pokemon Go Fest events? Which one do you look forward to the most and why? You can answer that question by, you know, replying to us on Twitter when we post it there. If you're a patron of ours in our Pokepole channel, if you'd like to send us an email, you can do so that way as well to uh, mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can send us a voicemail with your answer to the Pokepole. Just call 262-586-7717 and leave a voicemail. Or you can always email us a audio file and I'll make it work. No worries. And then lastly, you can also leave a response on Spotify in the mobile app in the Q&A section of the episode. We put that there as well. But enough about voicemails, emails, and all that other stuff. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but first, we're going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi, who this week are going to be having Lachlan on. And that's really just the highlights. I'm not going to give you any more details. Lachlan, over to you. Oh, and I guess those other two. Hi, I'm Fish Onahita. And I'm DeFi250. You had one job, Lachlan. And I'm Lachlan from the Waste Bottles <laughs> Podcast and from Pallet Town PvP. Um, hey, Lachlan. I mean, welcome to the podcast. Our first guest that we've had like with both of us here. So this is our first three-person PvP corner. How you doing? Good. It's truly a momentous occasion, and clearly Fish just needed some correspondence in a location close to a regionals that he's not going to, so I'm happy to be included, if not just for location convenience. Yeah, you had to remind me I'm not going to Brisbane regionals. Thanks for that. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself, the podcast that you do, your, your, your place in the PvP space. Well, so... Place in the PvP space is probably the easiest one to talk about. So I've gone to competitive (laughs) Pokemon Go events uh, since I was a teenager. Um, Not Pokemon Go events, but, you know, main series Pokemon games. Pokemon, yep. And uh, X and Y was when I really got into the competitive side of things. I loved my Porygon 2. I stand by my Porygon 2. And I stand by using Recover. And I stand by using Toxic. Anyway, people will understand why that's a a toxic thing for me to have done and used. I, I get it. I get it. But from that... Pokemon Go came out around the same time as Gen 6 was transitioning to Gen 7. And Pokemon Go sort of took more of my attention when it came to the main series games. So I didn't play competitively during Alola or Gala. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a part of the Pallet Town PvP community. I don't often appear on screen, but when I do, it's often quite entertaining. Uh, I like to run the joke formats and build the joke Pokemon that Fish doesn't want to for uh, the old school meme team Monday approaches. Yeah, awesome. I enjoy uh, our streams together. Like, uh, you're, you're a fun guy to talk to, and you do have that sense of sense of spice and the 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 stardust to back it up as well. The the other part of your question, I do a podcast about Niantic Wayfarer, which covers everything that's Niantic in general and how to get more stops in your game. And if you want to listen to a good episode of that, I recommend the episode where both Fish and DeFi came in. I believe it was episode six about a year ago. So. That's one for your listeners to listen to, or the episode with Chris and Kyle, episode, I think, 28. 
which one is higher in in your downloads? Yours list. Yes. Are we, are we still number? We were number one for a bit, right? You're not number one anymore, but you're about oh. two hundred listeners over Chris and Kyle. So, listeners, if you're listening to this and you want Chris and Kyle to beat DeFi and Fish, you've got to listen to uh, episode twenty-eight some more. And if you want Fish <laughs> and DeFi to win, go back and listen to episode six some more. All right, challenge has been thrown. So we normally start with our GBL section slash headlines, but the entire GBL section is full of the new announcements for the Mythical Wishes season of Go Battle League. So we're going to put that at the end after our Sylph section and our Play Pokemon section. In the meantime, Lachlan and DeFi, do you have some end of season thoughts, some closing thoughts for the season? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I did not get as far in Go Battle League as I typically do and as I would typically expect for myself. Uh, usually, I kind of average somewhere in the 2800s, 2900s for where I peak in the Go Battle League. And then the end of the season happens and I slide way back down the ladder. Uh, this season, I only got as high up as 2712, so I didn't even break expert. I'm a little disappointed However, I did do about a thousand less battles than last season, which I think makes a pretty significant difference. I was excited that with a star piece, because I used a star piece just like Zionic tweets every season. (laughs) It's a very nice seasonal reminder with a little Lion King gif. Uh, I still got 201,000 Stardust. 201,000. That's nearly enough to take something from Master League Classic to Master League (laughs) proper now. And we are going to talk about that. Yes, that's coming up. Put a pin in that thought. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Lachlan? So I managed to get up to ace rank this season. I was quite gung-ho over the first month of the season. Then all of the reports of uh, especially Android players having issues with crashing and lagging and all of that, especially in the the back end of the season, uh, didn't motivate me to go play. I really wanted to go hard on one of those go battle days, but then uh, it was Australia, so it broke. And there, I didn't want the encounters with the Pokemon. I was doing the Go Battle Day for Stardust, and their fix was to make the encounters last for hours and hours, which is when I was planning on doing the GBL day. So after that, I basically said, right, this season's a write-off. I'm not finishing this special research anymore. On to the next season, because I want this game to be fun and enjoyable. And when GBL's not fun and enjoyable, I don't feel the need to play it every day. Yeah, that's 100% reasonable. To not want to, if it's not working and not wanting to, if it's not something that brings you joy, don't do it. It's something we've brought up a couple of times on the show. This idea of being aware of your own mental state when you're participating in this, in this really complicated thing, because like if it's easy to get so wrapped up in it and needing to climb and needing to get that 5-0 and then just getting stressed and not realizing that you're just getting stressed and not enjoying it. So yeah, having that awareness of what you're feeling emotionally and being able to respond to that and like make adjustments to your own habits as a result, that's a really awesome thing. All right. So with that covered let's get into the sylph section DeFi. we have had some updates on not the sylph arena itself but the sylph factions we have so sylph factions released all of their factions information sometime earlier last week and then the go battle league update happened and everything got shuffled 
We're going to be talking a lot more about that soon. And we actually really want to cover the Ember field and the Vanguard field, the two field specialist areas in the Great League. We want to cover that maybe next week. But do note that you need to check the moves because of the new moveset changes. There were updates to the faction metas for an effect for cycle three. And I know that uh, by the time we do get to cover these metas in depth, uh, factions cycle three will have started for this season. If you do need to figure something out now, I'm going to take this opportunity to give a quick plug to the Pallet Town PVP YouTube channel where we've got a, uh, breakdown video of both of those metas <laughs> but you don't need to do that because we will be covering it in depth next week all right then let's go ahead and talk about play pokemon biggest weekend one of the biggest since the kickoff of the season this is huge for play pokemon we have three three events this weekend it's not just in australia what it's, what <laughs> it's not just in brisbane it is also in toronto canada and also stuttgart in germany i believe yes stuttgart 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 stuttgart, stuttgart. stuttgart. Oh, uh, we apologize to any germans yes who are listening right now but yes, the, the Brisbane event where they gave us uh, under 21 days of preparation time and there's still people flying in internationally, it says a lot about how healthy and how excited people are in APAC for us to finally get our first regional event of the season. And Lachlan, you are going. Am I? Yes, Team Lockdown. Yeah. I was the third Pokemon third Pokemon. I was the third person to fully register their team online this week. I haven't checked back to see how many others have as of recording, but I was messaging with people with insider info and we're over 30 entrants. So we're doing well for Brisbane. And again, three weeks notice, we're doing well and we'll have all of the information. I'm sure Fish and DeFi will excitedly talk about me coming last place next week. I think you've you've got a chance of of, uh, placing decently. I I feel like so my experience with play pokemon events is there are some people who have been like playing sylph tournaments since the first days of pvp and they know every count and every every stat of every pokemon and there are also some people who just decided to sign up for fun and you know they they're they're bringing in like a an underleveled radicate like it's and and that is nothing against those people obviously but um like you you do know what you're talking about and i feel like you've got a good chance to place somewhat well well i i think when this releases uh the regional should be almost over if not about to finish so i don't mind talking mm-hmm. about what six i'm bringing if you'll let me mm-hmm. indulge for a minute um so Please. i've got my xl azumarill it's a what's the ivs on this one it's a 0 15 15 uh taken all the way up to 14.99 cp i've got my x not excelled i've got my regular wall rang i've got my cresselia which is a 199 and that comes from um i think it's roldy from the the waylords podcast we did that trade over right. in seattle and that's a uh, you know 14.99 it's perfect and i love it it's not rank one but you know getting it with one attack is the the dream and the goal. I've also got my Stunfisk, uh, and I've got my XL Vullaby. This is a level 50 best buddy Vullaby, 100%, and I'm very excited to bring that along <laughs> for some fun. And then I've got my XL level 50 Diggersby. So it's a very expensive team. I think there's about a million Stardust that went into building that. 
when the regionals were announced, but I'm excited to use it and play some GBL later today to sort of prepare myself for the different combinations of that team. So we will be looking forward to hearing the updates from Lachlan from his trip to Brisbane. Upcoming, we have Arlington, Texas happening on December the 16th to 18th. We have San Diego, which registrations are open for that if you want to go to San Diego on January 6th to 8th. And also registration is open for Liverpool, which is happening on the 21st of January. I might go to all of them. You better. Yeah. You said it yeah. now? It's, and now I'm going to expect it. Yeah, no, uh, I'll empty my savings. Beautiful. Who needs a house? No. No one. <laughs> Overrated. I find. Who, need, who needs avocado on toast? Let's start at the <laughs> basics, Fish. Well, okay, okay. You just no. have one less coffee a week from Starbucks, and you will be able to do all of these things. So let's move on to our GBL update. DeFi, do you want to get us started? I would love to. Go Battle League Mythical Wishes started today, the day we are recording, Thursday, December 1st at 1 o'clock p.m. And the season will go all the way until March 1st. Rank requirements are staying the same as last season, so if you know how many battles it takes to get up to level 20, you are on the right track. We have a jam-packed schedule with a lot of notable things happening, uh, starting this current week with Great League and Great League Remix happening. Fish, do you, is there anything you want to note on just the Great League, Great League Remix? I think we could touch base on all the interesting cups that we see. Do you want to uh, do should that? Should we mention which Pokemon are banned for the Remix? Yeah, tell tell me about the Great League Remix because there's there's a lot fish. There's oh, a lot actually, of Pokemon no, Lachlan, our guest. If you want to yeah. scroll down to that uh, that point in the article and tell us what is being banned and if anything stands out to you as something that isn't banned that could be good for this cup. All right. So we've got Venusaur, Nidoqueen, Alolan Ninetales, Lickitung, Lantern, Azumarill, Umbreon, Skarmory, Swampert, Sableye, Metachamp, Altaria, Walrein, Registeel, Defense Form Deoxys, Bastion, Scrafty, Galarian, Stunfisk, Talonflame, and Trevenant. So everything. That, everything is banned. That's what's banned. Noctowl isn't banned, which isn't surprising because it wasn't busted before. Neither was Pelipper and neither was Pidgeot. And they are, it is attack, the wing attacks. The wing attacks. The birds are coming to play. (laughs) The birds. Okay. No, actually, we uh, we haven't gone to that bit yet. Some people might not know, so we we should probably wait until that part of the article. So that is happening the on the first week of the season, Great League and Great League Remix. Then we are moving to Great League and the Fighting Cup Remix. So Fighting Cup Great League Edition Remix. We've got Hakamoo, Komoo, Buzzwall, and Sneasler band. There's also a shadow ban that they're not really talking about with this cup where it says psychic type Pokemon are not eligible. So that's also banning Metacham for those worrying or mm. wondering about that aspect of it and any other potential fighting psychic types they may release. Uh, yeah, also Gallade. Gallade. Gallade is one of them, yeah. Gallade. Ah, Gallade, <laughs> that, yes. How can I forget about Sword Boy? So Buzzwell was a big one last time. So so was Hakamo'o and Komo'o in the last fighting cup. So... What are we thinking now? Toxicroak is probably going to be pretty darn big. A hundred percent. You're going to see so much Toxicroak. I think that Zen Headbutt throw was pretty popular last time. I think that's going to be making a comeback. Also, I think just a lot of like Polyrath was pretty popular. I used one. I think that'll be good. Also, just because mm. Sneasler's banned, Sneasel's still pretty good. Like with Poison Jab, Close Combat Aerial Ace, like Sneasel is still good. 
don't discount just the regular Hisui and Sneasel. And we've obviously got Verizian, Terrakian, and Cabalion in raids this month, but I don't think it's possible to get a Verizian low enough for Great League just yet, or otherwise she would be an absolute unit in this cup as well. Yeah, you're probably right, actually, yeah. Ooh, Galarian Zapdos too. I saw a couple Ooh. of those last time, but Brave Bird, just as a nuke. Oh, yeah. completely forgot it. that that was there. Like, I know yeah. that if Horlucha was released, she'd be banned instantly from this particular oh, cup yeah. as well. But um, that if you guys have been really lucky on your daily adventure incense and you've got a Zapdos for this, you are going to roll some heads. On December 15th to 22nd, we have Ultra League and Ultra League Premier Classic. Then we have Ultra League and Holiday Cup, the Great League Edition. That is back on December 29th to Gen 5th. We have Master League and Holiday Cup Ultra League Edition, which they haven't done before. Then it's Master League and Master League Premier Classic. From Gen 12 to Gen 19, we've got all three open leagues and nothing else. Then we have the Great League Cup and the Weather Cup from January 26th to Feb 2nd. It is the Great League Cup and the Electric Cup, Great League Edition. Should we should we stop down and talk about the Electric Cup for a second? Well, there's some really fun bands here. Um, I'm so excited that they banned Chargerbug. I know there's another Pokemon that's probably much more useful, but Chargerbug, my poor <laughs> little battery bus. I wonder why, because Galvantula is just Chargerbug, but a bit better. And they haven't banned Galvantula. They've just banned Chargerbug and Stunfisk. Chargerbug might just be a little too bulky. Like, it's bulkier than Galvantula, and I think that would make it quite a bit better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unovan Stunfisk is also banned, so that makes sense, as it's the only released yeah. dual electric ground type, and that would just be ridiculously wally. But Chargerbug, it, when I saw this, I'm like, did they make a mistake with Chargerbug? Yeah. Is it an accessibility thing, maybe for... Um, resources for it. I, I I have no clue, but you don't need to XL Charger Bug to get it in Great League range, at least. Well, I mean, okay, so I'm looking at all the electric Pokemon that are allowed in this cup. Bug Bite actually looks pretty strong here. With Bug Bite X as a crunch as its moveset? Yeah. The only Pokemon that could resist the Bug Bites is, by the look of it, Magnezone. Slash Magneton, like that family. Yep. Um, and Toged Damaru. But then you've got counters to it. Yeah, like the, the Magnezone family is one. The Alolan Graveler and Golem is another. And I'm sure Gavantula would have a pretty good time against it. So yeah, I'm really not sure about that ban. Maybe it's an accessibility thing, but have they... Well, it's it's back in the seasonal spawn pool. And this yeah. event is out yes. middle of next month. So it's not like... I, my first spawn of the season was a baby charger bug. Mm. So I, I don't think it's accessibility reasons. I genuinely think they're scared of charger bug being too strong. Yeah, that's what I think as well. All right. So to round it out from February the 2nd to the 9th is Ultra League and Ultra League Premier. From February 9 to February 16 is Ultra League and the Love Cup is back every Valentine's Day. They do the Love Cup. The 16th of February to the 23rd is Master League and Master League Premier. And finally, to round it out, February 23 to March 1, we have Master League Mega Edition and Hoenn <gasps> Cup. Megas! <laughs> Megas. They are allowing Megas in Master League. 
Apparently, I've heard Mega Swampert is going to be just busted. I'm ready. I, I've, I've got my level 50 Swampert ready to go and just need to do that one raid over the this weekend. And hopefully, uh, listeners, as between now and Hoenn Cup, there's more opportunities to get that um, Mega Energy, uh, even if it's just through research during the uh, Hoenn Tour. So I'm six power-ups shy on my Hundo Swampert to get it. Ooh. maxed out but i'm so cl- it's close yeah that will make the mega gyarados just as important as it was last time mega gyarados was the like top pokemon on that go battle day and since mega swampert will be so good that will just increase gyarados's stock yeah my gyarados i'm short a few power-ups on it as well okay and just remember listeners if you do have your mega swampert but you're worried you won't have the mega energy in time for the hoenn cup and master league mega edition if you walk a once you've evolved and got the dex entry for any mega you can walk any pokemon in that family and for every candy it earns it earns some mega energy as well so Make sure if, if you're really worried about not having the energy for these key Megas, set them as your buddy once you've evolved them or any other Pokemon in that family. So that means you could walk a Mudkip or a Marshtomp or any of your Swamperts once you get the Mega Swampert in your decks. And you can earn more Mega Energy for that Pokemon at a rate of 5 energy per kilometer. That is an excellent tip. Yeah, and we will be covering all of these metas in a lot more detail as they approach. Regarding Classic Cups... We have something to talk about with Mm. Classic Cups. Uh, I will read right from the announcement. There's just, it's very small. Just says, regarding Classic Cups. Trainers. As Candy XL has continued to become more accessible, thanks to Candy XL becoming available at level 31 rather than level 40, and Rare Candy XL being a potential reward for completing in-person raids, we will be retiring the Classic Cup format after this season. We will be running Premier Cups more frequently in future seasons instead. Tell me your thoughts, gentlemen. I've got a spicy hot take. Oh, yep, go on. I, I've actually missed the Premier Cups. Since they started doing Master League Premier Classic, I power up all of my good Pokemon from Community Days and other good Hundos, which I've worked my ass off to get those Candy XLs for to get them to level 50 and then they stopped allowing me to use them in master league without sending them in with all the legendaries so i'm mm. really looking forward for a return of master league premier because of what it brings to the table and this season uh you do have the ability to get a guaranteed candy xl from trading with friends so regardless of the distance if you do your 100 trades a day you're going to get those resources so if there's an event that you see hey Lickitung's spawning catch 100 trade it with your friend that's 100 xl so I think retiring Classic Cups was inevitable, and I'm thankful they never did a Great League Classic because I wouldn't have been able to participate. But I, I know for a lot of people who don't raid, they just see this as, oh, it's just legendaries are going to rule Master League. Think of it as they're going to bring back Premier Cup Master mm. League where you can use your Community Day Pokemon, you can use other Pokemon which are pretty common and really good, like Gyarados. So I expected there to be a lot of backlash about this because not because of the you know prominence of legendaries but just because of the accessibility of xl candy like they of course they have made xl candy so much more accessible 
than it was at the start, but I kind of expected uh, the the general player base to be like, it's still not enough, and this is going to make Go Battle League, you know, unplayable for me. I, I haven't seen much backlash, which kind of, I guess, indicates to me that the most passionate players are in a position where the like they know how to maximize their XL candy and they have enough to to be competitive. I'm not one of those people. I don't have enough XL candy for anything <laughs> to be able to compete, but I'm aware that that's kind of be, like my own fault. <laughs> I I often like to joke to people that I don't play Pokemon Go. <laughs> I I really just play this game for the PVP and that's it and that kind of means that I slacken off i don't go out and grind much and i i slacken off with um with my grinding but overall i'm viewing this as a bit of a yeah harsh but fair like it's like they have had xl candy out for a while surely anyone who wants to make that effort does have enough of those resources now right I would say so. And again, it is a grind and I don't want to discount that, but I do think it was inevitable. I'm glad that it just like we had classic for a while. Um, I do think, though, the rare candy XL, they mention it doesn't feel like a big deal to me unless you do a lot of in-person raids. And I do in-person raids every week. I do like five of them. I do raid hour. And I currently have 33 Rare Candy XL, which is not enough to put a really a dent in anything. And I haven't, I've used some once. I used maybe 10 at one point to just finish like the last power up on my Lickitung, but I don't use them. So that that's pretty much all that I've earned minus supplementing a little bit mm. on my Lickitung. Yeah. I would also, a, a good tip is if you see a spotlight hour for a Pokemon you want to play and you've got a mega level three because every single type is now covered by a released mega. If you go out and catch 200 Pokemon in a one hour walk, and again, it's not something you can do at home and I get the accessibility concerns of it. But if you catch 200 Pokemon during that one hour walk with a mega level three, you're getting about 250 candy XL. And then when you transfer that, in addition to the regular candy you have for that Pokemon, you're good to get that 296. Yeah, the December events aren't great, but if you don't have your Sphere XL, we've got a Community Day Classic coming up for Sphere, or Classic, the December recap weekend, but also a Community Day for... Not a Community Day. A Spotlight Hour. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) We've got a Spotlight Hour coming up this month, so you can get out there and you can get those XLs, because XL Whale Rain's really good in a master league format as well i cannot agree more about xl uh have xl candy for megas being a mega reward huge because mm. litwick i hardly played litwick day and i have more than 296 xl candy and i hardly played at all i was casting that event um during that event yep. so i was not on my phone but teddy ursa i forgot like i played yeah. The whole time Teddy Ursa Day and forgot, and I didn't even hit 200 XL candy, and I played hard the whole day. So we we basically seem to be in agreement that like the yeah this is this is iffy, but like if you are willing to put in the work and and work out exactly what you need to do to maximize the work you're you're putting into it, then it shouldn't. Be, like it's navigatable navigatable is that the right word for it like you can, you can navigate these waters navigable yeah. sure you can navigate these new waters and if you're looking for a, a cheap mythical to power up i can't recommend enough meltan 
uh, that you can get a mystery box every 72 hours just by transferring one Pokemon to Pokemon Home through your smartphone. You do not need to pay for a Pokemon Home account. Just transfer something you would normally send to Willow and then transfer it out of Home and you'll keep that storage going. So you can get a lot of XL from that one-hour mystery box. It it takes two mystery boxes to get the XL to Paramelton up to level 50. Two mystery boxes. And that's without using Megas. So it's a really easy to power up legendary type mythical pokemon especially if you're looking for something that you just need that one extra piece for your master league team but don't have as much time to go out and grind because that's something you can do from home that was a lot of discussion for just a few sentences of text in this plot (laughs) and i'm sure chris and kyle have their own thoughts on it as well but let's go ahead and move on to Go Battle Days. And not just Go Battle Days, a whole Go Battle weekend we have coming up in January. Saturday, January 14th, 2023, which is strange to think about. To, <laughs> um, Sunday, January 15th, so two full 24-hour days, local time. Uh, you will get four times Stardust from win rewards and maximum number of sets you can play per day will be increased from five to 20. It's a hundred battles. So 200 battles total. If you do it all both days, there'll be timed research where you can get um, experience, rare candy and elite charge TM and the rings inspired by Steven stone from Ruby and Sapphire. We'll talk more about him shortly. And the active leagues will be all three open leagues, open great open ultra and open master league. We also have a go battle day just for Vulpix, uh, like we've had Mankey, for example, in the past. Uh, Vulpix will be featured on Sunday, February 12th uh, for a 24-hour go battle day. The big feature, though, is only from 11 to 2. So it's a go battle day, 24 hours with the four times Stardust and the 100 battles. But Vulpix is featured specifically from 11 to 2, where it's a guaranteed reward encounter. And increased chance at a shiny, and shiny Vulpix looks pretty nice. And this is the Kanto Vulpix for those uh, listening at home, not the Alolan Vulpix. Exactly. We'll have a timed research for Vulpix Day with XP, Rare Candy, Vulpix Encounter, and an Elite Charge TM. And if you evolve Vulpix during that time, you get a Ninetales that knows the fast attack, Ember. I feel like this community day is dedicated to Cindy, the Vancouver regional champion from the last play Pokemon season, who kind of put Shadow Ember Vulpix front and center. This league, just FYI, last point on Vulpix Day, the active leagues will be Ultra League and the Love Cup. So... This this season, at various ranks, you're going to get a guaranteed encounter with Pokemon. So at rank 1, the first encounter you're going to get, even if you're at rank 12 by the time you unlock that first encounter, will be a Matang. And at the time of recording this, there's still an error in the blog post that has a Marini here also at rank 1, but it doesn't appear at the rank 1, and we're not too sure which rank you get that guaranteed Marini, but you'll probably get it throughout the level-ups at some point. At 2000 ELO, you'll get an Axu encounter. At 2500 ELO, you'll get a Noibat encounter. At 2,750 encounter, you'll get a Gumi and the chase item that everyone likes to get every season. You'll have the chance of getting a Pikachu League Gray at 3,000 ELO, which has a chance to be shiny. Other encounters throughout the season are Poliwag, Metatite, Sphiel, Wingo, Swablu, Skarmory, Frillish, Onyx, Lickitung, Dratini, Swinub, Marini, Miltank, Hisui and Sneasel, 
Scraggy, the current five-star raid boss, Aksu, Noibat, and Gumi. And there is very, very little in the way of duds. I agree. There's no Mindfu. There's no Mindfu. They took out Mindfu. They took out Mindfu and a non-egg way to get Hisui and Sneasel. I'm all here for this. And that will probably make it more accessible to more players come the next season. Uh, what level do the reward encounters come out? Like, would, would this Sneasel be able to evolve into a Great League Sneasler? They come out at level 20. So uh, the same well, as no. eggs. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. See, Fish, so you're, you you're the genius here. <laughs> yeah, hardly. <laughs> of the Australians, you're the genius here. <laughs> there will be another timed research pass, just like there was for the Season of Light. For our most dedicated battlers, a pass to access battle theme time research will be available in the in-game shop at no cost once the, it says Season of Light <laughs> again. But, oh, wait, that, uh, that, was, the... that was something I picked up on day one, but good one, guys. <laughs> Um, once the season of mythical wishes begins, the timed research will keep track of your victories throughout the season. Each research page will require 100 wins to complete, and doing so will reward you with a small amount of stardust and items, such as an elite fast TM at 400 wins and an elite charge TM at 500 wins. Keep at it throughout the season to see how far you can get. And I'll say that uh, they say a small amount of stardust. It's not actually that small. I remember um, stacking up all... So, like... The way it's set up, if you haven't done it before, is they'll have one task that's 10 battles, win 10 battles. They'll have another task that's win 20 battles and and so on and so on until they get up to 100. And as you complete them, I just never claimed them until I'd had all 100 battles for that page. And then I popped a star piece and then claimed them all. And it ended up being quite a decent amount of Stardust. I agree. Claim them all, put on a star piece. It's a good time. Definitely mm. definitely worth paying attention to. All right, so we've got the avatar items and the other rewards you're going to get throughout the season. So as a sort of the standard now, uh, you, it was the original costume for getting to rank 10 before ranks went past 10. Everyone who gets to rank 3 will get all avatar items for Pikachu Libre. And you'll also get some avatar items as you rank up based on Steven Stone, the champion of the Hoenn region's Pokemon League in Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. But these are based off his original appearances in Ruby and Sapphire, because I believe we've already had Steven appear before, but it was based off his Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire appearance. This sort of ties into the, the Hoenn tour we were going for throughout the season. So at Ace rank, you're going to get his rings. At Veteran rank, you'll get his shoes. At Expert rank, you will get his top and pants. And at Legend rank, you will get his pose, which I really like. But the angle they have in the blog is a little suspicious. It's a little weird. But yeah, the pose itself, I, I agree. I love that pose. It's it's my favorite pose that I've seen in any context. And I like I have foregone the legend poses so far because I really like the like air guitar pose from the Johto to it. No, was it Go, Go Fest? Fest? It was 20, Go Fest, right? Yeah. 20. Yeah, so I've I've been using that one, but like I will be really tempted to use this Steven pose if I earn it again this season. All right, we covered all the cups already, and again, we're going to be talking about them a lot more as they approach in the season. I think this is probably the biggest part of the update, personally. We saved kind of the best for last, and that is the attack changes and the attack availability updates. 
we had three attacks that got major changes and really are going to impact the Go Battle League, play Pokemon, the Sylph Arena, and that is Wing Attack generating more energy, Poison Fang having an energy cost increase, so that's a debuff to Poison Fang, a buff to Wing Attack, and it's happening. (laughs) It happened. Charm got a debuff. It went from 16 power to 15 power. Not a huge debuff, but it's significant. It's going to make those double charm teams be slightly less more effective and a little less popular. I was explaining uh, Pokemon Go's competitive scene to a VGC player who was considering if they should enter Brisbane. That sounds tough. But when they realized that in three weeks, they probably couldn't get enough resources to start playing and get ready. They they said to me at the end, so, so why do all of these sets tell people to use charm? I'm like, oh, it's ridiculously overpowered. What do you mean? It does nothing. So in the main series games, all charm does is lower your opponent's attack. It's hilarious. It's one of my favorite running jokes. And now they've lowered charm's attack. It's the, the circle is complete. But I think with them finally introducing Fairy Wind, they can sort of start playing around with charm as a fast move because there are other options in the fairy space as a fast move that won't necessarily remove fairy's ability to compete in that space. So I know a lot of people are upset by this one damage debuff, but I think it opens up playability. And yes, Grand Bull's not going to slay Pokemon as quickly in uh, Ultra League anymore, but just imagine if the old, the exciting things that might occur from this. Guzzlord won't die as quickly. Yeah. It'll just die <laughs> lightly fast. Yeah, it'll take five charms instead of four. Um it's, I mean, it's it's a small decrease, right? Like, Charm will still be pretty busted. Like, remember uh, when Hydro Cannon was nerfed? Like, Swampert was still just fine. <laughs> like, I think Charmers will still be just fine after this. Right. It's just, it's going to be a little less popular, a little less safe. Like, it's going to, I think it's still going to make an impact. It's just not going to be completely... Like no one's ever going to run charm again, mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. but I do think it's going to it's going to be just impactful enough to make it a little less popular. Especially since uh, the poison fang nerf as well, so that makes Nidoqueen and Golbat slightly less viable as well. It now takes six wing attacks slash. Well, no, we'll get to wing attack, but it uh, for Nidoqueen it takes six poison jabs to get to a Poison Fang instead of five, which that can make a, a reasonable difference. Especially against the Azumarill. Exactly, yes. Uh, but there, the Wing Attack, though, that has set the world of GBL alight <laughs> right now because just a one-point increase. It used to generate seven energy. It now generates eight energy, and that has caused waves, particularly... There's two Pokemon that absolutely shot up to the top of the meta, and they are Pelipper and Noctowl. Well, Pelipper had some fun use when Weatherball got its original buff, so I'm happy to see that the Pelipper I built back then is back and viable again, so that's exciting. It is. Uh, Noctowl, actually, if you... Like, this has been all over, like, the discords that I've been a part of. Like, if you get the right IV spread. Like, Noctowl has win conditions against Galarian Stunfisk and Azumarill. I'm just sitting here looking at all my Pidgeots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pidgeot. Uh, so Pidgeot uh, has wing attack, but it is an elite TM move. So, uh, which is, it's, so is Gust. So that's a tricky one. So you could potentially swap a Gust 
for a wing attack on Pidgeot, but not only would it require an elite TM, but you also couldn't get Gust back if you wanted it. However, I will say that as a elite fast TM, I have about 20 in my bag, and I think a lot of battlers probably <laughs> have about 10 elite fast TMs in their bag. So you could probably kit out a wing attack Pidgeot and have a Gust Pidgeot without crying too much. <laughs> I'm going to make a wing attack Pidgeot right now. Oh, I wow. have the rank. I have Live the rank on three. Yep, I'm oh. doing it right now. Nice. I think with all um, of the buffs to the wing attack, I think we're definitely going to see more people rocking the Stunfisks, the Registeel, the Bastiodons. Uh, hopefully less Trevenants, but I just think all of those things that naturally resist the flying type attacks are probably going to come to the forefront again. Mm -hmm. I've had a lucky wing attack Pidgeot sitting in my bag for years that I traded off a friend. And so I might just build that for Ultra League. I have a Hundo. Um, it has Gust, but I have a level Ooh. fifty best buddy Hundo Pidgeot. Wow, me too. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> one of my the ones I use for Megas. It's it's really good for like the Mega stuff we were talking about earlier. But yeah, level fifty best buddy. Um, its name is Grabba. I went with Faulkner <laughs> after the flying type gym leader in Johto, but Grabba's a great one as well. <laughs> Mine's like three six six eight fifteen fifteen thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> no love <laughs> I'm putting in the team's uh, nicknames on the website for Brisbane this weekend I'm like oh nicknames because one of them I didn't have a nickname for so I'm like what do I call you so it's just called Pallet Town PvP so uh, nice. go to do the plug so there's been a little bit more than that more than just specific moves getting buffed there are of course Pokemon that now have extra moves in their arsenal they are Litleo and Pyro getting Incinerate. And Litleo, you can excel up to level 50 or best buddy at 51 for Great League. And the, the, like, not really a joke. Like, it, it's got play in, in Great League, especially a lot of limited formats. Sudowoodo is learning Meteor Beam now. So is Agron, Tyrantrum, and Aurorus. Do we have thoughts? Okay. Pseudo Widow XL Ultra League looking kind of good. Pseudo Widow does get counter, and counter Meteor Beam is a very scary and interesting looking move combination. Sadly, with Agron looking at a future format with the Mega Cup, because Mega Agron's recently been released, Mega Agron is pure steel. Only regular Agron is rock and steel. So this move doesn't help it as a Mega, but I don't see it doing anything in the Master League either potentially in some limited metas, but they're going to have to do some really strange limited metas for this to be a really viable option in my eyes. I think the Sudowoodo one is interesting because it's already got Rock Slide, so it's kind of this weird no man's land where it's like more energy than Rock Slide, um, but like you wouldn't want to run, say, Rock Slide Meteor Beam because they're the same type. You, you kind of want well, Earthquake there. PV Poke is telling people to run Rock Slide Meteor Beam as its moveset. Interesting. Uh, but you do have access to Earthquake, Stone Edge, or Rock Tomb. Um, and if it's purified, you have access to Return. So there are some interesting move options there. Mm. But if PV Poke is suggesting Meteor Beam and Rock Slide. So you have that general attacker and then the, the nuke, which people might not shield. Aurorus. 
Like that has shaken up the Sylph Arena metas. It is now on the A restricted list for the Great League. It is on the A restricted list for the Ultra League now. And it is banned in the Vanguard field. So Aurorus definitely got a little bit of love from this. And yes, it's uh, multiple times a week to fighting. But as someone who always picked Aurorus as his fossil of choice in the Kalos region, this brings me so much joy. I love my beautiful Barney dinosaur long neck, whatever dinosaur fantasy you have for this ice, beautiful rock. I think it makes it the second best rock to use in regular Great League, according to PV Poke, behind XL Bastiodon. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a good get. Uh, and if you're looking for some spice move coverage, it also gets access to Hyperbeam and Thunderbolt. Next up, we have the move Poltergeist, which has been given to Dusclops, Golurk, and Gorgeist. So, really interesting. Dusclops formerly relied on Return as its nuke move. Now it's got a move that is similar energy, but is same type attack. So... I mean, I, I feel like Poltergeist is the move there instead of Return now on Dusclops. Golurk is glassy, so it might not get to the Poltergeist very often, but when it does, it will hit hard. And Gorgast having Poltergeist, I think, gives it, it does a nothing. little it, bit of... It has Shadow Ball. Like, yeah, choose yeah, Shadow Ball over Gorgast from a PvP standpoint. And if you are picking your Gorgasts, um, PvP Poke recommends the supers over the large um, and don't use the small. This, I think, is, for me, the most interesting one. Uh, High Horsepower has been given to Galarian Rapidash and Piloswine and Mamoswine. Why is Galarian Rapidash getting so much love from Go Battle updates? Like, I feel like it's been in here a couple times over a couple seasons. Mm, and mm. it just keeps getting a little bit better. Because <laughs> it, got, it, got, it got Fairy Wind. Yeah. You've got Body Slam as charge moves. You've got Psychic as a charge move with Stab. You've got Mega Horn. You've got High Horsepower now and Play Rough. So for limited metas, it's going to be a really interesting pick. But we haven't had another event with Galarian Rapidash being available in the wild for some time now. I believe it was the Hooper Limited Research Day back at the start of the season of Mischief last year where Rapidash Ponytail would spawn in the wild. So it's it's a little harder to get those PvP IVs on without trading with low-level friends, but it, you can hatch it from an egg and trade it with friends and power it up. But it's a really interesting pick, and I'm really excited to see what people do, especially in limited metas. And Sylph Arena, this is going to be a sleeper in a format going forward. I can guarantee it. Uh, also, just noting Piloswine and Mamoswine, we've seen Piloswine come through in a couple metas. Mamoswine is a great anti-meta pick in the Master League. It already had access to Bulldoze, but most ground moves are better than Bulldoze. So I can only imagine that high horsepower is an improvement over Bulldoze. Bulldo- yeah. Bulldoze isn't great. It's not not a great Yeah, term. Bulldoze. <laughs> Bulldoze not good. <laughs> and... For raids, it's a huge benefit as well for Mamoswine. If you're actually actively going to work towards getting certain Pokemon coming up uh, for use in Ultra League, in particular, I want to say Terrakion, having a Mamoswine with access to a good ground move is going to be super useful in that capacity as well. And even in Master League, I think high horsepower Mamoswine might come into its own against Dialga and Reggie Steel, which I've seen in Master League but also Melmet. And Metagross. And Metagross. There's a lot of things really weak to ground moves, and 
Mamba Swine is readily accessible with Swine being featured in so many events and we've got the upcoming holiday season where it probably will be featured once more. So it's definitely one to start preparing for for Master League as well. And just remember, Ancient Power is not the move you want (laughs) on your Mamba Swine. Make sure that you have TM'd away Ancient Power if it's on any of your Mamba Swine. It's bad. If you get one thing from this entire episode, do not run Ancient Power Mamba Swine. No. <laughs> Finally, we have Brutal Swing, which has been given to Galarian Weezing and Ampharos. So this is two seasons in a row where Galar Weezing got a little bit of love, because last season it finally saw a fairy fast move in the form of Fairy Wind, but also the buff and tackle. So Galarian Weezing sort of pulling together a really interesting moveset now. Uh, I think Brutal Swing adds to, if I recall correctly, the Stab Hyper Beam. No, not Stab. It's Poison. Poison Fairy. So, Play Rough, Sludge, Brutal Swing, Overheat, and then Hyper Beam. But it's got a really fun move set now, and I really can't wait to see it used in leagues, because you can get one from a raid, trade it with friends, and you're going to be fine when it comes to PvP spaces. But if the weather is cloudy in-game, don't raid the Weezing, because you won't be able to use it in Great League. I'm lo- I'm loving this, to be honest. So, the here was here's, here was the the issue with Galarian Weezing, right? It was awkward to use because you had basically two options of move sets. One was Overheat Play Rough, where like the Overheat was your nuke move, your which meant your bait move was it was one of one of those rare things where the bait move cost more energy than the nuke move. You'd have to build up to a Play Rough and then like throw that. Uh, in order to not debuff yourself, or you'd have to throw the overheat and get straight out. Or you could run Sludge with either Overheat or Play Rough. And Sludge is a very low damage move. It's got exactly the same energy as Brutal Swing at 40 energy, but it was just so weak. And so I, I haven't looked it up, but I would I would bet that even though it doesn't benefit from same type attack bonus, Brutal Swing would probably do more to an opponent than sludge would which makes it so much more comfortable to use like now you've got a bait move that can still do some damage in its in its own right in the right circumstances and it gives it that very important coverage against psychic types which Mm -hmm. historically have just been able to look at it and confuse it to death so (laughs) i'm happy that wheezing can finally fight back against uh you know, the hypnos of the world. So it's quite exciting of a development. Does does Ampharos get anything with Brutal Swing? I know Ampharos is going to be now maybe a little more popular. Tool Butters has been putting out a lot of Ampharos propaganda on Twitter <laughs> uh, because there's going to be flyers much more popular. Uh, he wants to see Ampharos get some love in turn to counter all the new flyers in the meta. But I don't know if Brutal Swing, I feel like, I think we'll see Brutal Swing more in Ultra League, and I hope to goodness I don't see it in Master League, um, because Mega Ampharos as a Dragon Electric type is not a good pick for Megas. Um, It's basically Zekrom with long hair, but worse. So don't recommend it as a Mega, but even with Brutal Swing, it adds to having Thunder Punch, Focus Blast, Power Gem, Zap Cannon, Thunder, and I think it's Power Dragon Pulse or Power Gem? Is its last couple moves there? Uh, both. It knows both. Hey, and Return if you've got a Purified. So 
I I don't see it doing too much in this space, but I'm sure certain people's propaganda will push it to the forefront of a certain meta. I think that closes out, does it not, gentlemen? Um, I think we should talk about it for another 28 minutes. I I don't I think we've got some other segments for 28 I did, minutes. I did want to mention quickly while we're on this season that the, the the spawns have obviously changed up from last season. So if you're seeing something at the moment in the wild, that means it's spawning for the whole season when there's no events on. And big ones that got huge buffs, as DeFi mentioned earlier, Pidgey is back. So if you're looking Woo! for that rank one to 20 you can finally get out there and get a good pidgey we've also got meowth in the wild for everyone and meowth is a boosted stardust catch so you might look at meowth and think i don't want you but it is more stardust than probably anything else that you can see around it so catch it and i've seen a couple persians as well which follow a similar trait so catch everything you're going to have a good time and more lull is now worth 200 Stardust versus 100 Stardust since its debut event. So there's some fun stuff out in the wild. Go out and catch things and work on getting those Candy XLs and find a trading buddy. If you can get a trading buddy, find a trading buddy and try and trade for those Candy XLs because we might not have this bonus again next season. And my last thought before moving on, did you notice, because I don't think we talked about it up front, all of these moves that got doled out to different Pokemon, these are all Community Day moves that yes. were given in earlier seasons. And I'm happy to see them you know, spreading the love a little bit more because they went to the effort of coding these moves. And in some cases, I have not seen a Gigalith yet, so I'm looking forward to getting a Rorist in the face. Does it decrease how special those community day pokemon are though i don't think so because they were exclusive for a lot of them these moves they were kind of exclusive to the community day pokemon for at least a little while i would say high horsepower and poltergeist were pretty mm. pretty quick turnaround but stuff like incinerate like that's been on in talonflame for a while I think it, I think it's you can spread that around a little bit more like like you said i don't use giggle if ever i don't mind that <laughs> yeah being um a little bit more i think the ghost and ground maybe could have waited a little till maybe next season but overall i'm okay with it all right so next up we have our mailbag we've got a few i mean we're off for a week so the correspondencies have uh piled up we've got this pile of letters on the floor that we need to dive into DeFi. We do. And let's start off with a mailbag from Oliver. Um, Oliver says, I'd like you to give your honest opinion on my team. I'm new to PvP, so it could be good or bad. Please let me know. First, I've got a shiny Luxray with Spark and Psychic Fang. My second Pokemon I have is Glaceon with Ice Shard and Icy Wind. Last but not least, Tyranitar with Smackdown and Stone Edge. Oliver, you didn't tell us what league this is in. And that's a big, I think that's a makes a big deal um, on how effective it would be if this is Master League, Ultra League, or Great League. Uh, one thing I do have to say, though, anytime you have an opportunity to use a shiny Pokemon, you should use the shiny <laughs> Pokemon. So I'm not mad about shiny Luxray. I would guess I'm going to remove Master League out of it because Luxray doesn't have the stat product to get up to a Master League level. Well, so... I wouldn't recommend using it, but it does get over <laughs> 3,000 CP. 
Does it actually? With Excels, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm still going to eliminate that, <laughs> but that's good to know. One issue that I've got is with both of the the Glaceon and the Tyranitar. They're both very, very weak to fighters, particularly the Tyranitar. So uh, there is a concept called ABB in PvP, which is when you can have two Pokemon in the back that are weak to the same thing, but you have to have your first Pokemon, your lead Pokemon, be able to counter the things that your back Pokemon are weak to. So if you want to run Glaceon and Tyranitar, maybe something like a flying Pokemon might be better in the lead or a ghost type, something like that might it might make that a little bit better. Although it does mean you can't run your shiny Luxray. Yep, and as always, adding that second move to a Pokemon is going to make it that more useful because you can get things like coverage moves, uh, stuff like that. So um, giving the second move to Luxray, Glaceon, and Tyranitar all make them that much better. But Tyranitar with Smackdown in both like in great league depending in limited metas that can be pretty terrifying uh like shadow smackdown tyranitar scary stuff fish would you like to start off with our email from dean dean is uh someone i know he's in the pallet town community and he is a fellow aussie so this this segment is being taken over by australians aussie 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 oi 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 and a, a small percentage of the listeners all just went oi, 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 and confused all the Americans. Um, hi, Fish and DeFi. I'm a father of a second-gen Pogo player, and while I consider myself a shiny hunter and raider who is teaching myself PvP with Pallet Town Servers assistance, my son is a big fan of PvP and probably an instinctively better player for his age. I would love to take him to an event like a Play Pokemon Regional or an International Championship, However, being Australian, we have precious few. And that being said, what are the qualification criteria to attend and compete at these events? I think I'm clearly missing the information on the Play Pokemon website. Sorry for the long email, and thanks in advance, Dean. Okay. I want to talk about this one. Just I want to give the initial thought because it right. makes me happy. There is no qualification criteria <laughs> for Pokemon That's what I was Go. about to say. Like, the... When you go to play Pokemon, the TCG and the VGC just sort of scare people away. And Pokemon goes, we're buried at the end. But you don't need any qualification. It's great. Your qualification is have an account. Yeah. Come one, come all. Have fun. Try it out. It's a fun event. Even if you just spectate. Spectating the events are fun. Playing the events, putting together just a team and playing is pretty fun. You should do it because it's a good time. I highly encourage it, anyone of any age to go to these play Pokemon mm. events because they're a blast. Uh, one thing I will ask you, Lachlan, is when I did my regionals in Perth and uh, judged at the Melbourne one, uh, in both of those, people registered their teams on the day. Whereas I've heard you say a couple of times that you've pre-registered yes. your team of six. So... Since Worlds, they've opened up a online registration portal. So when you register through, uh, I think it's RK9, the, the website that TPC uses. That's the letters R, K, like Romeo, Kilo, 9. The number 9 labs. Mm-hmm. So when you register through that portal, it will say, thanks for paying. Great, you need to submit your team. And for the Brisbane event this weekend, team registration is closing at 2 a.m. 
for a 9am start. So I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be letting people walk in on the day, but I think this just wasn't in place for the first wave of this. And it actually makes you put in the, t- the Pokemon, the name of the Pokemon, if it's Shadow, if it's Best Buddy, if it's being Buddy Boosted, the CP, the moves, Hisuian, Galarian, Alolan, all of that through this portal. And it even lists some moves that can't actually be put on Pokemon, which I think is quite entertaining. So I'm not sure if they know something we don't know, but I don't feel like going into that full list. But I'm hoping that I will obviously know after Brisbane this weekend if people can rock up in person and still register, because I hope that they can. Uh, Pokemon Go has put six gyms at this location and there'll be a bunch of event Pokestops. So I'm sure people who don't know about regionals will rock up and say, here's $25, can I play? And I really hope that there's some optional avenues to let them in. I know device limits because of Pokemon Go, they provide you the phone. All you need to do is know how to log into your account. So if you've got two-factor authentication on, or if you've got a ridiculously complicated password for your Google account, you've got to do that. But just remember to log out of that phone at the end of the day. So I've got a real funny story. When I played in regionals in Perth, I yeah, it's a requirement that you have to record all your battles so that if there's any sort of you know malfunction, then they've got that evidence there to look at and determine a ruling on it. So I had the recording and I'd just lost and I decided to, I was, I was talking with, you know, some friends of the show uh, about the battles and I decided to log into my YouTube account and upload the videos as a private video, <laughs> like an unlisted video. So I could send them the link and show, show them. Oh, I can see where this is going. Yeah. So like we were having internet troubles. <laughs> And as soon as I started uploading, everything just went down. Nobody could log in. Nobody could conduct effective battles. And every, like the uh, the staff were like running around, like trying to like reset the the portable modems that were there. And I don't think I realized immediately that I was the reason this was happening. But eventually, I was like, "Oh boy!" and quickly logged out of my stuff. I can just picture the new Taylor Swift song. It's me. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the problem. The problem it's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fish. And I'm, I'm there with the staff going like, yeah, oh, man, yeah, that's a oh, real problem. Yeah. <laughs> but to summarize, like all this information is actually uh, released and made available uh, through the RK9 organization. So they're, they're who you want to find. Uh, follow them on Twitter if you've got Twitter. And you'll get all the information of like registrations are open. These are the upcoming ones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All right. So we have one more email, and it's from uh, Fish on a Heater. Um. Okay. I, I don't know who this person is, but I, I think I'm just going to take this one. I think I can best capture their essence. So, do, do an Australian accent. All right, mate. So for the first few seasons of the GBL, after the 24 ranks were introduced, the highest ELO I attained was somewhere in the 26,000s. But then in the very 26, last 000. week... 26,000? In the 26,000. <laughs> then in the very last week before the interlude season... Oh God, it's called Southern. I can't do it on the accident. I hate it. <laughs> that at the very last week before the interlude season, it was Johto Cup, where we were given 20 sets per day. And I found my amazing team that skyrocketed me 700 points to Legend. Oh, congratulations on this fish for getting to Legend. Oh, thanks, Good luck, dude. Fish. 
Then interlude season happens. We came back, and in that season, I peaked at 2840 before tanking and finishing the season at 2400s. Hey, that's where I was. <laughs> this season, I've managed to hit Legend again and peaked at around 3230, which at the time was 150 off a spot on the leaderboard. So I used to love telling people that the state of the game was the biggest reason I wasn't excelling in Go Battle League. I believed wholeheartedly that I was just as good as a battler as the people making Legend each season, which is why I was so insistent that ELO doesn't necessarily translate to battle skill. Now that we have this data, I'd like an unbiased opinion. Does it seem like the state of the game was really holding me back, or is it just a result of me naturally figuring out blind three formats? Fish. Not sorry for the long email. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically just like, yeah, I uh, we've talked before about uh, that whole concept of fast move denial and how being in Australia, I was affected uh, quite greatly by people's ability to fast move deny, whereas I didn't have that ability. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm not making Legend. It's just because of this denial stuff, you know? And so I would like to say that, well, yeah, now that that stuff is fixed, that's, see, I'm making Legend now. But then there's all this kind of other kind of data that might be conflicting with it. So, yeah, that's why I wanted this, like, unbiased opinion on, on whether you think it is that whole denial thing or it's just me naturally figuring the game out. I think it's both. I think I think both play a part of it. I think a lot of regions when the quota unquote game was fixed and fast move denial was fixed. I think a lot of regions with typically poor internet or that tend to have a lot of internet issues. We saw more trainers from those regions do really, really well. I think India is a good example mm. where we're seeing more trainers from India where cell service there in a lot of areas isn't great internet access not great but now that it's fixed i think we're seeing a little bit of that so i do think that's making an impact but also that's several seasons ago you've gotten better as a battler so fish i I think what has also happened as a avid follower of your abilities of the pvp scene in the pallet town space i I noticed that your phone got upgraded throughout that time as well and i i I know from a fact (laughs) as someone who upgraded their phone from an iphone x to an iphone 12 this year i know it's not the latest iphone but got it new at a really good price and just the performance improvement i got from doing tingo rocket grunts was measurable and that battle system does carry over so i think phone quality while it shouldn't be a factor is potentially also helping you. You are able to catch it. Uh, but yes, the, the fast sync denial is definitely a fix that's gone in your favor. And I think, you know, you've, you've got the skills, you've got the knowledge, and there are so many people in the community discords that I'm in who turn to you for advice because they know DeFi has 7 million things going on <laughs> in a given minute that... You know, <laughs> Whereas Fish isn't doing anything. Fish is just always omnipresent, <laughs> always available when you need him. So the fact that you will go out of your way to help everyone understand the game like you do, you have the core skills. You don't necessarily have rank ones of everything. You don't have the time to play the game 24 hours a day. But what you do have is the knowledge of type matchups, moves, like how many moves for a charge move is something I will never learn because for me, <laughs> That's not fun. What's fun is tap, tap, tapping and staring your opponent dead in the eyes while you're doing it. (laughs) And I really want to close out this with saying another thing that probably helped you quite a bit is the Pallet Town server just existing. 
and mm. you being a leader in that server. The best way to learn something better or cement it and cement your skills is by teaching it and by teaching and talking to and collaborating with the pl- people you do through Pallet Town. I think that probably played a pretty big factor in the past few seasons. Thank you both. I I promise I didn't post the question just as an excuse to uh, get get my back pat, but I I really appreciate the the kind words because yeah, it's um it's something that I I love doing and am passionate about and always would like to get better at. Thank you both. I'm also now expecting you to win Perth Fish, done, and Melbourne and Sydney, and I'll remember to thank Lachlan when yeah. it happens as you're holding up the trophy. Silly Dunsparce. Oh, you, you've also got to use a Dunsparce on your team for Sydney. That's You don't have to pick it, but it's going to be in your six. <laughs> but that's this has been really fun, guys. I, I've had a lot of fun talking about PvP with you. I, I miss it. This has been great. And I miss both of you. It's been forever. It really has. I've never met Fish in person. Neither so have it's I. it's been forever since I've seen you. <laughs> We've come so, close. We've flown like past each other. Yes, as I was flying home from Australia, fish was flying out of my my city. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for listeners, DeFi and I met at the Seattle Go Fest this year at the Lured Up Pub Crawl. Very briefly, we hugged, and we also hugged another friend of of Pallet Town, at least Team Magma Tyler, and then hugged him again, and then hugged him again, and then I think DeFi left while we were doing the seventeenth hug. <laughs> so. <laughs> I liked my Lachlan-sized hug. It was good. (laughs) All right. Well, gentlemen, our record time is now 100 minutes. We have spent 100 minutes together. (laughs) And we should get into our shameless plugs. So do you want to plug the Wastebotters podcast? So if you want to hear more of me, uh, definitely tune into the Wastebotters podcast. We are a weekly show, and we have been weekly since inception. I haven't been there every week, but I'm sure listeners of pvp corner can relate jamal is an excellent excellent co-host and i had the privilege of meeting him in person in seattle as well and i couldn't imagine spending about close to four hours a week uh, some weeks uh, with jamal over the microphone he's a truly truly powerful gentleman and that's all part of the pokemon professor network which is if you're a podcast aficionado part of lured up and we don't just talk about Wayfarer, we talk about all things Niantic, whether that's what they're doing in the corporate space, what other projects they're working on, and what else is going on behind the scenes. But if you want to learn the, the fundamentals of how to get more Pokestops in your area, it's definitely a good place to listen to. And you can also find me lurking in the Pallet Town PvP setting with administrative privileges. Deepa? I don't have too much to talk about this week. Uh, Just check out my link tree. It has all the different places that you can find me. Uh, Twitch, Twitter, my Discord is a good one because when I'm at Play Pokemon events casting, I'll sometimes post pictures kind of behind the scenes stuff in my Discord channel uh, or in the Discord server. So that link is also in my link tree as well as a bunch of other stuff, including I have one Instagram reel that I keep getting notifications for. It's got like 10,000 views. And it was just a Zorua, like demasking, like that's all it was. <laughs> and I'm, it's, and I just, it's got over eleven hundred likes. But what was getting demasked like into Zorua? Like it was my best buddy Sableye, because okay. like out there, like it was that event. Yeah, so yeah. it was that initial, that first event. Most of my Instagram reels, a hundred views, 
400 views. This one, 14,000 views. Wow. <laughs> and just, like, it got somewhere. Like, I did something right, and the algorithm just... This is the only time I'll ever talk about an algorithm and mean it, because Instagram certainly has an algorithm. So that's that's my funny story. I'm just like, why do I keep getting notifications for this one reel I posted a long time ago? And for us, uh, we've been off for two weeks, and that's been such poor timing for this part of it, because uh, I normally like to... Talk about the achievements of some of the members of the Pallet Town and GoCast communities in a PvP sense, and we have had a burst of them. So let me go through them. On the GoCast server, Modders19 has hit veteran for, I believe he said it was the first time, so congratulations to Modders. In Pallet Town, we have Janador has gotten 1,000 Great League wins. Dad has gotten 1,500 Great League wins. Dark Ice and Cray Flamingo have both finished their season-long research, so they got their 500 wins. Uncle Mystic got his highest ELO ever at just over 2,400. We had Field Super hitting Ace. We had Getsu Fractal, Dark Vengeance, and Athena 1993 getting Vet. Timmer Rap hit Expert. And Amish U41, Smicklebeer, Kevin9494, Speaky Scotsman, and Jack of Hearts all hit Legends. So... A huge congratulations to all of those people that we've mentioned. Well, I've got an achievement I wanted to share in the achievement sharing. One of my community members hit the end of his Go Battle League timed research. So I want to give a huge shout out to Cow in a Suit for getting to the end of the Go Battle League timed research nice. one week before the end of the last season. And he has said he will not will not do that timed research again because it was too much. <laughs> well, I mean, congrats. That's That's amazing. Like 500 wins. That's... That's a huge achievement. And with that, that's a segment. Lachlan, thank you so much for coming on with us. Well, thank you for letting me invade. It's It's been a true privilege and a true honor. We love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fisher for myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail. We have a P.O. box too. Uh, Chris talks about these at the end of the show. Be sure to check that out. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi-E to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you oh so much to Fish and DeFi-E for yet another wonderful <laughs> PvP Corner segment. Lachlan, uh, I don't know what you said yet, but that was great. Appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and now we're out on the other side of a, a wonderful PvP Corner segment. I've lost my bearings. Kyle, my, my map keeps spinning. Is there a way for me to click in my right stick and maybe lock it or something? <laughs> Can you help me? It's, it's time for emails. Oh, that's right. And a couple of voicemails. So first also, if you're, also, if you're listening to this right now and you're playing Scarlet and Violet and don't know, you can click in the right joystick and lock your map. It makes the gameplay so much more enjoyable to navigate. You have to that pull up all. the map, though. It doesn't lock the mini map, but it locks the big one. Yes. Our first voicemail is from our good friend Kevin Red Bull. Hey, Kyle and Chris. It's Kevin Red Bull. Calling just to, you know, leave a voicemail. You tell that works. I just uh, <laughs> finished your podcast and figured I'd give you guys a call. Uh, I played that whole egg event. I hatched eggs all day, every day, because I am one of those terrible monsters that uses eggs. And uh, out of that whole egg event, I hatched a bunch of the three Pokemon. I got no perfect or shiny Gibbles. Oh. 
No perfect or shiny Munchlax. But I did hatch two perfect Cherums. Oh, boy. I'm, away I'm 160 oh, perfect, boy. and I'm over getting all these perfects that I don't care about. So I'm kind of over the egg event because all my buddies hatched shiny Munchlax, and my feelings are hurt. But at least I can savor the fact that I do have a shiny, lucky, level 50 Snorlax. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, what is your top... We'll do your top six, because the top two rows. What are your top six CP Pokemon? Not oh. including, you know, Megas. So you just go to your Poke list, and what are those top six? Okay. Uh, if you give me a second, I'll load my game up. I haven't been playing as much as I was, because I'm just kind of taking a step back since the game is in vanilla mode, which I call it, when the spawns are just regular. So you go out and you just catch the 18 young goose that you would find in a 20-minute time frame. Oh, look. Two monas and two young goose. <laughs> My top six Pokemon are Mewtwo, Garchomp, Garchomp, Tyranitar, Regigigas, Shadow Mewtwo. And they range from the 4606 level 49 and a half Mewtwo I have to the 4313 Shadow Mewtwo I have. Uh, I have a perfect Garchomp, I got a perfect Tyranitar, and my first Regigigas ever was a 98%. So I best wow. buddied it, and level 40'd it, and then I realized after that that Regigigas is terrible for battle. So <laughs> he sits at level 40 forever. I don't want to oh, put no. him on the top of my Tragic, list. brother. <laughs> so, oh. sorry for the long voicemail. Hope you guys have a great week. Catch all the shinies, complete all the gold. Shiny vibes all. All right, Kevin Red Bull, I don't believe for a second that you're actually apologetic about the long voicemail. No, I'm just giving you our time. Okay, uh, top six CP Pokemon, Kyle. What are you looking at? And also, oh, boy, it's Hoot Hoot Spotlight Hour, isn't it? Yeah, it was broken <laughs> in Australia. Did you see that? I did. It was Teddy Ursa, wasn't it? Very funny. Oh, very funny. Boy. Very funny, but yet. All right, are we ready? I sure ready? Am. Yep. My top six are Garchomp, Shadow Mewtwo, Hydreigon, Kyogre, Shadow Mewtwo, and then a three-way tie for six with Garchomp. Three-way tie for six. My my, <laughs> my six is a Garchomp at thirty-nine forty-seven, which is its level forty CP at ninety-eight percent, and I have three ninety-eight percent Garchomp. And they're all like fifteen, fifteen, fourteen. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm looking at Shadow Mewtwo, Garchomp, Garchomp, regular Mewtwo, Tyranitar, and Ursaluna. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. so 4574 to 4330 is my spread. Okay. Uh, my top is 4479 with the Garchomp. Okay, not bad. Right underneath that is a... Uh, is a I could probably power up this Mewtwo, actually. Hang on. Honorable mention of my 100% Dialga. He's oh sitting gosh. here at 4298 that I need to get some more XL candy for. But, you know, life is difficult. But thank you very much for the voicemail, Kevin. This next one is from Ripe Avocado. Hi, Chris and Kyle. I hope you can hear me. I'm walking outside and there are a lot of cars, but I'm super excited. Oh, it's Ripe Avocado, by the way. I called like two weeks ago. Yeah, what up? Um, Hello. I'm super excited. And I wanted to tell you guys that I just got my first platinum medal. Um, I've been playing since, what, June or July, and I finally got my first platinum medal, which is just a normal Pokemon medal, um, but I'm super excited about that, because I hear you guys talk about all your platinum medals, but I'm so jealous, so I'll get there eventually. Anyway, shiny vibes all. 
congratulations. That is exciting. No, I, I mean, I agree with Chris. You, you, everyone starts somewhere. So especially with Go, if you follow around in competitive circles, you don't get discouraged by some people because some people are insanity. Yeah. I have to I tell do. myself that all the time, too. So Yeah, well, you you could push a little harder. Just a yes, little but harder. then also <laughs> that like even Ken from Lured Up has uh-huh. 300 million experience. Yeah, that's he he could push a little less. Yeah, exactly. Less. So, <laughs> so for all of our golf with our friends friends that we used to play with before, a little less heat. Oh a little God. less. A little less heat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but ripe avocado. I got one thing to say to you. If you got a rush of endorphins and you were very happy about your platinum medal, I got some bad news for you. You are done. Stick a fork in you. You're stuck with this game. You're going to have a great time <laughs> because honestly, platinum medals are kind of like the real end game. Like that's all I have left besides perfect dexing and stuff right now. Good, like, good luck with the chase for your Magikarp Rattata medals. Ah! Oh no! Yeah, Start it's gonna tagging be every match card from Rattata you catch, Chris. Yep, and then hoping I find somebody else who is just as insane as I am and in the same part of their journey as I am. I mean, I bet you someone in our friend group that you reach out to will be like, "Yeah, I told him doing that already." Oh yeah, yeah. I should. I could probably just ask my sister, see how she's doing. <laughs> she would probably look at you and be like, "Are you crazy?" We're already like uh, tagging things for distance trades, man. She's like, "I'm opening stuff from Australia almost exclusively, so catch stuff here." I'm like, "Okay, no problem. I will uh, do that." Just did you mass transfer everything from LA? No, not yet. Oh, come on, you know me better than that. It's just been sitting there full. I'm saying that that is probably <laughs> two hundred thousand plus distance that you can trade yeah, for. I I 100 agree. Probably more like a million, maybe. We'll see. We'll have to see. I'll, I'll do it and then I'll report back if I remember to do so or if we have time. But thank you both very much for those voicemails. Again, if you'd like to send us a voicemail, 262-586-7717 is the line or just email us a voice file. But we do have a few emails here. We're going to work through them really quick. Sorry, we are running a little bit later, folks. But this first one is from Braxton. And Braxton writes, Dear Kyle and Chris, I recently discovered your podcast on a road trip and I love it so much. I am a newer player. My account starting on May 30th, 2022. I've always been very into the cards, but recently started Pokemon Go. Been super obsessed with Pokemon Go since I started, and I'm currently level 35. That's real fast. Nice yes, it work. Is. That is great Ooh. progress. I had a job at a fast food place, and a lot of my funds went to cards and Pokecoins. Yes, <laughs> I'm 16 years old, and I feel like a kid who stole his parents' credit card to buy Pokemon cards. <laughs> awesome. Anyways, my question is, is it worth burning money on remote raid passes? I don't have much of a community to play with and grind the raids, so my best way to get these raid bosses is through the remote passes. I always check your podcast to see the new raid bosses as well as watch Mystic 7 on YouTube. I also wonder if any of the one or three tier raids are even meta relevant or if they're worth the dollar raid passes at all, especially with apps like PokeGenie and other ways of signing up for raids. Thanks so much for your podcast. Keep up with the great work. You guys are awesome. May you have great shiny and shundo luck. Boy, neither of us have had shundo luck in years. (laughs) Okay, so the question here is, by the way, Braxton, thank you so much for for writing in. And again, impressive progress for such a short period of time. Keep, Keep it up. You're doing great. So the question is, is it worth buying remote raid passes? And then kind of nested in that is, are one in three tier raids ever actually worth doing? Okay, 
So my thoughts, if you have very limited funds, I would only spend money on remote raid passes to complete your Pokedex if that's what you're interested in. And when it's a very meta-relevant Pokemon, to get a few of. But other than that, it's not worth it unless you are committed to go. And in which case, I would argue it's still not worth it, but I've spent so much money that I have to convince myself otherwise. As for the one and three tier raids, tier three raids sometimes have stuff that's meta-relevant. Sometimes Tyranitar's there. Sometimes Machamp is there. There's a couple other that show up. One star, it's very uncommon for it to be relevant, but not impossible. One star is the party tier. If there's going to be like a costume Pokemon or a featured Pokemon yeah. that's a first stage or something like that, it'll be it'll be in. But stars. but sometimes they put stuff like Bagon, Dratini, yeah. stuff like that in Nibble. there. So yeah, it can be worth it. It can be. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go ahead and just side with Kyle because honestly, that's the right answer. I would also just say that, you know, if you have limited funds, if meta is your main focus, then yeah, tier five is for sure. But, you know, have fun every once in a while. If there's a fun event Pokemon in tier one, go ahead and use your free pass on it. You know, use your free daily pass on a local one because you don't need people for that one. Use your remote raid passes on the big ones where you need groups and you actually have to remote into somewhere else. You always get your free daily raid pass and go spend that on a fun one if you can, I think. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, I think the one takeaway is do your remote raid passes. You could even use free coins to buy it, depending on how you are at earning poke coins in your area. It depends on your gyms, of course. Get some copies of the relevant Pokemon. They don't have to be amazing, especially if you're not trying to shortman raids. It's okay to power up a Kyogre that is 12, 13, 15. Like, it's okay. Especially if you're not going to get 100 more of them. And then use your free pass every day on one and three raids, as long as you can manage it, to build up rare candy. Because it will happen. Over time, it will happen. Use the rare candy on the legendaries you don't get to raid. And the next thing you know, you have a team of, you know, three Kyogres and three Swamperts that are ready to take on whatever raid you want to. Yeah. And it goes without saying, hopefully you already know this, but like Kyle touched on right there, rare candy in the legendaries is a much better use of your rare candy because your other option is to walk them and they take 20 kilometers when they're not excited to earn a candy. So the best bang for your buck there, because it is an exclusive kind of like raid uh, reward, best bang for your buck is legendaries. Like Kyle was saying, absolutely. Thank you very much for the email, Braxton. Next email is from Grayson. They said, hey, Kyle and Chris. Yes, I typed it like that, but I haven't sent in an email in like two years, I think. But I'm sending in again. I was able to get four Shundos, which was amazing. I also keep on hearing you guys argue over Munchlax and Perry the Platypus in my head. (laughs) Teal. Yes. My question is, What's one of your best memories of playing the game? Mine was either my first Shundo, which was a Mudkip, or me catching a 98% Shadow Mewtwo. Happy catching and shiny luck to all. Grayson. Hashtag Fuecoco Force. Oh, whatever. Frigatito <laughs> Squad. No. Yeah. You can't even get your own name. Yeah, fair enough. I can't. <laughs> Uh, best memory. I feel like we've, we've mentioned this before. I mean, like, Lorem yeah. Tour Community Day was like our, but, but like it, our it can, best it can always in person. Vary, though. 
but let's talk about like our favorite, I guess, like in game memory because the in person experience ones are kind of a, I think, you know, a gimme. I mean, the in person ones can be an answer. I think if you want to talk about in game, just the memory of the first time I ever fought Arlo when they added rocket grunts, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my god, I've lost three times. I'm so confused <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. I, I think I was I was like at the mall or something, and I was just like, "What is happening right now?" They were tough. Their first iterations were tough. Yeah, and that well, if you don't know what you're doing, they are still tough. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. We should do a gear up on that sometime. There's a lot of nuance yeah. to those high end tier uh, rocket leader fights. For myself, I think it actually might be. The second EX raid that I ever did, despite not really caring about EX raids, it was a really neat experience because it was like a a group of people that I didn't really know. I got invited to it and the person that invited me didn't show up. So it was a bunch of strangers and we met in the parking lot. We showed up, we did the raid and we left. And I was like, that was so cool. Like I just, I didn't have to uh, arrange anything. People just showed up. We did a thing like, oh, this is what this game can do. That was kind of nice. That being said, don't. I'm I'm anti EX raid. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah, but it was a neat moment for sure. Uh, that le- brings us to the end of our email section. I want to give a quick shout out, Artemis Dragon. You sent us a wonderful email, and we will be reading it in the future. Thank you. We're just running short on time here tonight. Um, okay, but if you, dear listener, would like to send us an email, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast. That's GoCastPodcast.com. There's no spaces there. Follow us on Twitter while it still exists at GoCast Podcast. Don't like us on Facebook because that page won't exist for that much longer. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show monetarily, you can do so via Patreon. You can set your own uh, support level. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCast Podcast. And shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you so much to Kyle. It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> you were busy doing something else already. <laughs> I was. I was going to type my goals while you read oh, it. Oops. <laughs> shout out to elite trainers, Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Sui and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Motters, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, Steven. I did a terrible job, everybody. I'm sorry. No, but you did it all in one breath, and that's really what matters. And 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 you got the the Hsui and Ryan side note in there, which is always important. It's always important. Uh, and if you'd like to help support the show in a way that's non-monetary or you already have and looking for another way to help support the show, leaving a review, it really, I cannot describe how much it helps us out. So we got a new review. I'm going to shout them out. Shout out to, to Svjidvimk. That's spelled S-V-H-J-D-V-M-K. And the title of the review was I love and the review comment was filled with various positive emojis. So thank you very much for that uh, wonderful review. We appreciate you very much. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Kyle, we've only got one more thing to do before we get out of here and it is set some goals. So we've got the Hoenn Mega Raid Day this weekend to do. And then beyond that, I think it's just some regular old gameplay. What you what you working on? Yep. Uh, I want to take part in the raid day. I'm hoping that everybody on my friends list just sends me a million invites so I don't have to go out in the like sub freezing temperatures of Chicago. And I'm looking at probably 500,000 experience is what I'm planning on right now. 
Okay. And and that's it. Nothing nothing special this week. Just some playing. Okay. Awesome. Uh, for myself, I want to make sure that I get all the new megas. Three shinies, since there's going to be an increased shiny rate for the raid day. Maybe I'll get some lucky outside of it. I've had some incredible shiny luck lately just on my ball going throughout the day. And I like to hatch 50 eggs because I am on an egg kick again. So <laughs> every time I go, I travel somewhere and I walk. I'm like, oh, man, I love hatching eggs. This is so great. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for listening all the way through. You're the best. And we'll see you next week for episode 217. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.